Dude. We're live. Awesome. What's up? What's Nothing, dude. Hey, um, maybe we should pour this whiskey right here. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So, Japanese whiskey. Japanese whiskey. All right, who, uh, first off, who am I speaking with? Tom Tremblay, Tom Tremblay, and what is it you do, Tom? Well, I do a lot of things. Uh, <clears throat> uh, currently, I'm getting into what's called bushcraft. Hey, how, how much? How much? How much is a? How much is enough? I'm not. I'm not really uh, good at this. When, when, you, when you feel like it's enough, it's probably good enough for me right there. <laughs> I'll probably get fucked up right after that. Yeah. So it's, a, it's a very light whiskey. Brandy, we're barring your glasses. Don't worry, I'll clean them. I promise. I don't drink very often, so. Dude, thanks for doing this, man. Cheers. Oh, Cheers. Cheers. So, um, wanted to talk to you about this because we, um, this is something, you know, that you're interested in was bushcraft. And recently we went on a trip together uh, where we went out into the wilderness and we called it for warmth and we did all that, you know. We yeah, we snuggled and did that. Oh, yeah, it was good. It was a great time. Um, no, I was, is, uh, you're, you're a friend of mine from the military and, um, I just kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, why you got into bushcrafting and uh, kind of your evolution and how you started. Sure. Um, so it's actually really recent I've been getting into it. I find myself, I uh, realistically, I'll, I'll watch a video online and be like, oh, that looks cool. I'm going to try that out. And usually it doesn't work. But bushcraft is uh, very cool. So I, growing up, wasn't a very outdoorsy person. Um, didn't really have the time to do it. I was always busy doing other stuff. Uh, parents never really let me out to go do it. So I, as I find myself getting older, find myself with more freedom mm. and uh, more money. Sometimes. And sometimes adult life. Yeah. All the all the adultness. Yeah. And uh, so I, I like hunting and fishing and I like the whole survival. Just down a little thing. bit, a little bit closer. Oh yeah. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Right, so I, I like good. the whole whole survival scenario and outdoors and wilderness. So bushcraft is kind of a. Uh, a craft where you can combine all of those. Yeah. So it's one. It's one of those arts that's kind of one of the things they say in the military is because um, I did four years in the Marine Infantry, and one of the things that they used to test when guys were in squads, like you know how we have the best warrior competition, right? Um, where you know we it's an individual effort. Um, think of it in the Marines as what they call super squad, mm-hmm. where guys would go and they would compete as a squad. Man, this is some good whiskey, dude. Sorry, so <laughs> ADD's kicking in, dude. It's, it's not bad at all. No. Um, but what they do is they have a thing called um, Super Squad. And with the Super Squad, they all compete as an actual, you know, uh, it's in the name. They compete mm-hmm. as a squad. Right. And one of the things that a large majority of these guys we get hit on is actually bushcraft. Mm-hmm. Like the ability to use very small amounts of tools and things like that. These um, kind of this, this craft that the military lost, you know, that they were very infamous for back in the day. Um, because yeah, I really wish they would yeah. have kind of killed it off. Uh, I mean, I, yeah. I haven't seen it too much in my military experience, at least in the, uh, yeah, the six years I've been in the National Guard here in New Hampshire. Um, but it's definitely a skill that shouldn't yeah. be going away. It, like this is, it, I'm not going to call it primal, but it, it's stuff that everybody should know in a survival or any really any real day scenario how to how to survive on your own with very minimal equipment. Yeah. So how did you how did you so you went from basically not being into this at all, mm-hmm. and then how did you evolve into kind of getting into this group of guys that you you went with? Like, where did it start from? Um, 
well, the, the group of guys, the two guys I work with, um, a buddy of mine named Mike, he, he kind of pushed it to where we should really start doing it and actually mm-hmm. get into it because, you know, it was, oh, we should do this, we should do this, we should do this. It was all talk. And then we kind of like, hey, well, you know, let's let's do a trip. Let's you know, let's stop making it all talk and actually go and do it. So we over the course of a couple of months, we planned this trip and we bought some gear. Uh, and this this past trip was really a test of what will we actually be doing? What will we want to work on? And uh, uh, gear testing, you know, mm-hmm. what's decent gear, what's OK gear and what's gear that we never should have bought and we won't bring out again. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what we did. I mean, you you came for the first day, which was awesome. Um, unfortunately, we spent a majority of the day just walking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that it was, was, it was the it was, that was the, that was not yeah the the, original the, plan. the the movement out there was, dude. So I don't want to uh, you know I'm trying to keep things on track here, but dude, oh, yeah. I don't think that that thing was five miles, dude. That thing felt a lot because I I was I was walking out. And uh, the next morning by yeah, myself. How, how, how was that? Dude, you it, left real early. Was it like really dark? Um, no, it wasn't actually no. that dark. Uh, I got up. So I didn't sleep at all that night because fucking dude, the coyotes. I fucking yeah. My hypervigilance, dude. Yeah, dude. They were all around us. I'm surprised you guys didn't hear them. I dude. Well, again, we brought they, out. Uh, we brought out whiskey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was dead to the world once my head hit the pillow. Yeah. No, dude. They were they were all around us, man. And I, I was telling a couple of my friends one of the biggest things that I was scared of walking out. Was coming up on a fucking bear or a moose? Yeah. Oh, dude, a I was moose? fucking I, I feel scared like we came up on a moose if we came up on a bear. Yeah, yeah. Bear, I don't. I don't scared. think. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think we would have came up on a bear. No. And they probably would have just run off. Like they're just kind of like, hey, whatever. The biggest thing that was a little scary was being so fucking tired. That's my roommate's cat. It's oh. got a auto feeder. She's got to put her paw through oh, okay. it and grab the food. Um, but one of the biggest things that scared me, dude, was like making sure that I was like coherent and navigating well enough yep. to like know that I was on trail because like a lot of the white mountain trails are very mm-hmm. up, you know, so you can follow them. Right. This one was like very flat and yeah. it was, it wasn't, it wasn't hard. It wasn't hard at all, but the mixture of it being like spring where we're also still in that transition period mm-hmm. between getting into spring and everything's melting and all the, the and half the trail is still covered. Half the trail is still covered. All the trees have fallen. Yeah. Deep. Yeah. So I, I knew that I was fine as soon as I got back to the road, but there were some right. there were some times when I was walking out by myself. I was yeah, like, man, oh, like I'm on this trail. Yeah, like I've 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 holo I've I've solo hiked before, you know, by myself, but it's not something I really advocate. You know, yeah, not it's, something it's I'm a really very scary thing. Especially yeah. when you you know, you get inside your own head, you're like, you know, you yeah. I know what's out here, I know what all these animals are capable of. Yeah. Do I wanna test it? Yeah. Like dude, can you imagine being in Alaska? And like those fucking people, like up there, dude. Like there's pictures of photographers that photograph those big grizzly bears yeah. fucking attacking the salmon, and That's then these terrible. bears will just come over and fucking like sit right next to these photographers, and like you need a no. rifle to do that. No. I'm not. not even I am. A bit. Yeah, I have no. Am no, dude. Because all it takes is for that one bear to be like, "Hey, I'm fucking hungry." Yeah, and then I'm, you're gone. I'm not salmon hungry. Yeah. I need to eat something the size of you. Yeah, and dude, a large majority of them that actually fucking commit commit to like fucking up people are either sick or they're old right you know and like how the fuck can you tell the difference you know you like you you'll you'll know yeah, when you'll, it you'll fucking comes when at you you know you but yeah dude there's this video of this bear just coming up to this guy sitting right next to him you know like we don't have well i'm pretty sure i don't know if we ever did have grizzly bears on the on the east coast to my um, knowledge yeah uh, i don't think so east coast as far as the states i don't believe so um no. i know canada does hmm um, and again, that's just from my experience. I have a friend that I work with who goes up north to Canada, yeah. and 
and he hunts bears. Um, I'm not sure if it's black bears or grizzly bears, so I, I could be wrong. Yeah, dude, I don't, I don't, I, man. One thing that scares the fuck out of me, dude, is that it's just grizzly bears, man. Like going up to yeah. going up to, because um, there's a lot of beautiful landscapes up north, mm-hmm. up in Wyoming, Montana, dude. One another thing too is the wolves. Yeah. You know, like there's a guy. I'm um, listening to Joe Rogan's podcast. There's a guy by the name of Adam Greentree. Mm-hmm. He's from Australia. Yep. And he's like, man, I'll fucking take the Australian outback any day. He's like, <laughs> I'm up here in the United States. He's like, he says that we have the best hunting system. You know, because mm-hmm. we get all the populations together. Right. And then he's like, dude, these bears are fucking just sniffing on the other side of my tent. You know, yeah, he's like, they, 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 and they, everywhere. yeah. And he's like, I've never been more scared than in the united states hunting you know with in australia has got all these most fucking they got fucking everything you know, in saltwater crocodiles right. everything is designed <laughs> and, to fuck you and up everything in australia. australia wants to kill you and has the capabilities yeah. that's how, how it is i mean yeah. even their uh what are those koala bears a koala bear yeah. will seriously screw you up they are cute and cuddly but they will screw you dude, up that's like with anything dude you know like look at even um i was watching a video of this lady who had a fucking beaver you know, and she's like, like as a pet? Yeah, dude, this is just fucking weird, right? That's different. Yeah, it's a little different. The beaver would like start putting shit in front of doors and stuff. So <laughs> it just follows instinct, you know. I'm like, that's 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 pretty that's cool. ballsy. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Different. I wouldn't I wouldn't ever want a beaver as a pet, no. but fuck dude. You know, that's one of those things. It's just yeah, hiking out, man. The wildlife is one of the biggest things. Like you need to you know, like some people don't advocate for actually carrying weapons or anything like that. But dude, it's, it's um, it's like I, mean, I don't, I don't. Based want, on your own beliefs, it's fine if you don't believe yeah. in firearms. That's cool. Um, but you, you need to take all safety precautions when you're out yeah. in nature. You know, if you don't believe in firearms, I mean, I guess you could use a large knife. But if you want to get close enough to a bear where a knife is even going to be used, then you're probably yeah, you're not, you're not going to come out of that alive. Like you, you'll, you'll probably. You'll probably be wondering as you're bleeding out yeah, as the fucking bear just took out a chunk of you because dude, they don't wish you were dead. Yeah, dude, they don't fucking dude. They don't kill you. Like they eat you while you're still alive. Right. Like they dig yeah, into they're, you, they're, and yeah, you're not, still. They're not going to kill you first. They're no. not. I mean, they're they're predators, but they're not. Yeah, like a cat will fucking kill you before it'll make sure that you're dead before it starts right. eating you, and then they'll like drag you off and do whatever. You know, bears? No way, man. No way. That was one of the biggest things that Lois and Clark actually encountered when they were on their way um, uh, across the West Coast when Thomas Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like, "Hey, go explore the go explore the Louisiana Purchase." Right. So. They explore the Louisiana Purchase, and one of the biggest things that they highlight in their actual thanks, dude, appreciate that. One of the biggest things that they actually highlight in their expedition was the amount of bears that they came across. And there was a guy that was just fishing on a river, right? And this bear, again, being old or being sick or whatever, just comes at him, and he's by himself. So he fucking climbs up in the tree, dude. Can you imagine being? I don't want to imagine. Dude, it was eighteen oh three when these guys went. Oh right, dude, right. So. The amount of th- th- that was before the Trail of Tears happened, and, and you know the whole the whole thing that what happened with the Native Americans, yeah, that's really unfortunate, mm-hmm. and I, and I don't think that they wanted to, I don't think that they were trying to do harm. They were just trying to be explorers. They were trying to be pioneers, you know, before right. all that fucking shit happened with the Native Americans and everything like that. But 1803, like, hey, we we just bought all this land. We don't know what's out there, so they send Lois and Clark. Not a single person on the expedition died, which is. Which is, um, which is, yeah, it's fortunate. Very amazing, right? But one of the biggest things that they talked about was the fucking bears. It was the <laughs> biggest the bears. bears, dude. Yeah, that they talked about because these things were just they had they when they would whenever they would stop, 
they would have to be like in pairs. Oh yeah. And they they were these bears were like stalking them like fucking great white sharks, dude. You know, like that's fucking that's creepy as shit to think about. You gotta think too. I mean, back then before everything was you know populated, bears would just roam. Like they weren't used to seeing explorers just out in the woods. I mean, they would see you know your your Native Americans, but they would see the Native Americans either in passing or just just just, just before they got killed. Dude, and that was one of the another thing too was the Native Americans when they would actually when it would resort to them. Mm-hmm. Let's say they were they were having a really man. I'm really feeling this whiskey right now, but um, <laughs> it's uh, it's strong. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, dude. I like it. It's nice. It's good. It's, it's, it's nice. It's smooth. Uh, so. The, just a kind of sidebar here, away from the Native Americans and the bears. Uh, the Japanese are very, they have very sensitive palates. Mm. So the whiskey that they make is very light. I can compare it to Irish whiskey, because, uh, I mean, me being Irish, and people get a lot of hate for that, but mm. Irish have sensitive Fuck palates. Fuck it, dude, yeah. It's not like your, your bourbon, your, your American whiskeys, your Jack Daniels. Everybody's got their, Craig's, like, your, their, their allegiance to a certain form of right. scotch, bourbon, you know, whiskey, whatever. I, personally, yeah. I can't stand scotch. Yeah. I, I don't, honestly, man, I, like. I just, I don't really drink that often, so I don't really know. I, I couldn't even tell you the difference between every, every different one. The right. one, the one that I did, the one that I do remember is I do like rum. I do like, Rum's I good. do like, I do like rum. Rum's pretty good. But, um, dude, that's cool. That's yeah. cool that you brought that. I'm glad. It's loosening up the whole conversation. I don't even realize we're still yes. podcasting right now. Um, but, uh, no, dude, back to when the Native Americans, dude, when they would hunt, they would go on these on these hunting things, right? What would happen is um, the first person that would be like, all right, I'm going to throw the first spear. The bear would, on average, if they were hunting game that big. Mm-hmm. Now, this is, imagine this, dude, right? Americans come the 1800s, 1700s, and release horses into the United States. And right. then these the, the Native Americans adopt the horses, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, great. Maybe it was, oh, a, no, Sp- no, maybe no, it was no. a Spanish. But they basically released horses, and now they're like, they have this fast-ass animal that they can actually fucking attack these mm-hmm. giant herds of bison with. Now, imagine doing that on foot, attacking this big-ass fucking wall of meat, mm-hmm. and there's like multiple nah. of them, just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and... When they would hunt bears, like on average, if they were that hungry or they needed meat that bad, someone in the tribe would die. And it would most likely either be like, I don't know how they would do it, like rock, paper, scissors, or how the fuck that they prepared. Be like, all right, who's going to throw the spear first? Who who drew the short spear? That's what what you get. I'm (laughs) sorry. Yeah, that's where it came from. Hey, man, um, can I have your uh, TP after this? (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah, it's just, that's a fucking dude. That's Appreciate your loincloth. Yeah, dude, exactly, right? Like that's such a fucking crazy thing to think about, dude. Have you even have you ever heard of the short face bear? The short face bear, I have not. Dude, it went extinct back like back in um what was it when the woolly mammoth was around, right? Okay. During the ice age. Now this thing when we crossed the land bridge across the Bering Strait when mm-hmm. during the last ice age this bear stood, dude, you should google a picture of the fucking short face bear and there's a lot of fossil remains like up in canada and stuff but dude okay. to think that this thing was still around when we were you know migrating humans from, were dude yeah around fucking dude how the fuck and then all of a sudden it's like man i want to do i want to do i want to what do i want for <laughs> breakfast this morning you know you can just fucking cook shit out of your you know out of yeah. your kitchen this morning and to think like you know we've lost a lot of the primitive aspects of, oh absolutely you know like what doing with bushcraft and a lot of our primal um, institutional knowledge, really, mm-hmm. in regard to that. But yeah, so dude, you got you ended up um, 
sorry, I'm trying to, this whiskey's got me, dude. Um, <laughs> so you ended up doing it with a couple buddies. Yes. Um, so why did you choose the location you did? Uh, I, I chose that location, um, honestly, because we were planning on doing a camping trip first before the whole bushcrafting kind of came into play. So this that trip was really planned for like mm-hmm. a year. Um, it was literally just going to be me and him and then he invited his buddy who now works with us so the three of us just took a day off and went out for the weekend and I know you like to hike so we brought you <clears throat> it started off as a camping trip but then the whole bushcrafting kind of evolved after mm-hmm. we planned it mm-hmm. um, so like I, I already knew that area and that was the only area I knew that could really give us the materials that we could do bushcraft things with yeah. but also you know in case we failed at you know building a structure, mm. uh, a shelter, anything else, there was a structure there for us to use. I mean, we brought our tents and everything anyway. But if we were going to really get into it that week, we would have been okay if we failed. Yeah. So what did you end up? Um, I know I was only there for a day, mm-hmm. um, and so bushcrafting kind of started with something that you and your 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 friends decided to mm-hmm. kind of get into. Um, what? What motivates you to kind of continue the the crafting aspect of it? And what uh, I and what I want to get into also is like what you did when you were when you were out there. Like what did you right. you know what did you how did you kind of start from point A to point B, getting into more advanced kind of things? Is there subgenres of of bushcraft kind of type stuff? You know, like shelter. Yeah. And, so, so bushcraft isn't you know, isn't just one thing. I mean, uh, in that aspect, like uh, shelters and knives and like that, it, it is and it isn't. Um, bushcraft is a kind of a genre or a, a mashup of multiple things. It's you know, survival, adaptability, um, being resourceful, and then just like kind of thinking outside the box. Like, what can I do with this tree that's falling mm. over? You know, is it thick enough where the only thing I could do is make firewood out of it? Is it thin enough where I can, you know, cut it down and make a chair um, so I can be comfortable sitting next to my fire rather than, you know, sitting on the ground or in the dirt? Mm. Um, there is tons and tons of things that bushcraft offers but i am just too new mm-hmm. to really get in deep uh really get in depth with it yeah because i'm still i'm, 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 ju- I'm just starting out yeah. with it yeah because i'm still i'm still kind of similar similar thing with um even even photo stuff mm-hmm. you know like i've been doing photography going almost on four well three years three years now you know and when someone tells me oh you just take pictures like dude there's so much like mm. there's so much subgenres to it you know oh yeah you, same you, thing you dude, just take pictures you, yeah. you just go camping you, yeah dude it's the same dude it's the same thing with it's the same thing with writing that's an, it's the same that's thing an, with working an, out that's an uneducated yeah. statement you yeah. just do this that's yeah. cool it's like it's like a, people just want to put a blanket statement you know they yeah. want to they, they just try to i think what they try to do is they just they want to understand i'll have a little bit more okay. i'll have a little bit little bit little bit i need to i need to i need to pace myself i'm gonna get fucking it's gonna hit me here a little bit um but yeah i think what it is is, is that this is what i do on a daily basis I'll, nice i'll dude. pick you know this one looks good today and <laughs> dude this is perfect because we're just fucking this is dude this is good shit dude fucking cheers dude cheers <laughs> cheers man. cheers cheers well that's cool man um because what i find interesting is seeing someone's evolution and something that they enjoy doing mm-hmm. you know and like what their motivations are for it you know as long as someone has the passion for something you know i think that uh everybody needs to have something that they can like I, I want to say I don't want someone to like they end up thinning themselves out too much between multiple different right. things. You know how like some people what they do is they they thin themselves out in like multiple different things and then they don't they don't finish anything, you know. And then it becomes right. like this this cumbersome thing that they don't actually enjoy doing. But what it seemed like when you were out there um 
you know, it was, it was, you guys all seem to get along real well and mm-hmm. you work together and you have that kind of team mentality. Um, yeah. you know, so when you're, when you're bushcrafting or when you're thinking about something that you want to do in order to, to practice your skill set, what's kind of one of the first things that, that's going through your mind when you get to a location? Honestly, it's time. First thing, mm-hmm. first thing that comes to me is time. So if we're talking like survival situation, um, first thing I would personally want to find is water. I need to figure out where my first water source is, where, you know, whether it's clean, whether it's contaminated, how I'm going to filter it and how I'm going to make it okay to then consume. Mm. Um, And then, you know, food after that, shelter, depending on whether it's a harsh condition or not. I mean, you can sleep in a tree, under a tree, under some logs. I mean, it's, it, you can make a shelter with no tools at all and just call it a shelter. Yeah. It's anything that's going to get you out of the conditions. Because you might still be a little wet, but you'll be out of the wind, so you won't be that cold. And I think, too, something to think about is the different environments, too, play a, play a significant difference. You know, like people say, you know, getting back to the generalization, mm-hmm. wanting to put a blanket statement down on all these different things. Like, hey, you know, what's it like surviving in, oh, why don't you know how to survive? I thought you were into bushcraft. Like, let's say we went to the desert. Oh, I right. thought you said you were into bushcraft. It's like, dude, there's there's different... There's- there's different environments. Absolutely. There's different I mean, it, I, ways I the see, body I reacts. See guys online. Now, bushcraft is huge in, uh, actually, in other countries. Mm. Uh, America, bushcraft isn't a huge thing. Um, and I, I'm not entirely sure why that is. Mm. Uh, I know. I think uh, it's because we have a lot of, we are a very, we're first world country. I know. mean, yes. Yeah, one, of those, mean, one of those things we I don't mean, really. England's a first world country. Yeah. But, you know. True. Uh, England, UK. Thing, dude, Germany, dude, Germany, Germany so, too. Dude, Germany's so different. Well, like Europe, Europe in general, dude, is so different than the U.S. It just has a different, it just has I a different it, energy to I it. I think it's the mentality of the people. Yeah, honestly, I mean, Americans, like, why would I want to go live in the woods? That doesn't make sense to me. I just feel like I don't mean to talk bad about our country, but I just feel like Americans sometimes it has to do maybe with the idea of like consumerism, you know, yeah. where basically it's like, oh hey, I, I have this, this, I have, I have this phone. And I'm just going to get a new one afterwards, you know, like mm-hmm. we've got landfills filled with, you know, products that have gold in them, but right. it's cheaper to buy a new product than it is to actually, you know, go out and do all this kind of thing, you know, and, and sustainability, I think, is something that we're now looking at now, which is good, is, you know, environmental impacts that we're having now is is more so rather than consumerism back, mm-hmm. it seems like, which happened in the 40s and 50s has carried on into the into the 90s and now we're starting to see the after effects of it is right. that now we're starting to go more towards like makes me curious um, as to what's going to happen in the yeah, future when we're yeah. gone i mean yeah. i'm not going to say i'm not you know oh this generation's horrible yeah. the next generation's going to get worse and you know the generation before me was the greatest generation when some of it's the truth some of it's not yeah. um, you see that i feel like what happens though is you see that with every generation right you know you see that with you see that with every generation oh you you don't you you young no. fucking whippersnappers exactly. it's like you see that you see that with i every, used to walk to school up yeah. both ways yeah. six inches of ten inches of snow yeah. And blah, yeah. blah blah yeah you see that you see that with every generation it's just it's it's just a limited i don't want to say it's a limited lapse in experience but dude like you know what what it's interesting to see how it's going to how it's going to be when i don't know i don't know because what what people are saying now is that as we're more educated now Mm -hmm. than we've ever been you know people are now more educated to make decisions and we are not going to stay at the same job for you know 
40, 50 years, you know, and the thing is, is that because the invention of the internet actually really made that so easy. Like, right. think about it, dude, right? Like I want to relocate to Denver. Um, mm-hmm. And all I did, dude, was I went online and I, I basically just started applying for these jobs at, at Denver. I have no idea how to get to Denver, <laughs> right? And this is something that was actually very interesting to me that I was thinking about the other day. Is that I went online, I had an interview right here at this table yep. with the, this this company I'm looking to work for. And I did it all from the freaking the the comfort of my own home right. you know the comfort of, of my phone and i'm like wearing pants dude you know yeah exactly <laughs> you know they're like they're like oh hey you, you're not wearing socks you know oh yeah don't worry about it you know <laughs> um but it's like one of those things where back in the day i'm sitting here thinking to myself i'm like man what did people do in order to like let's say i decided back in the 80s 70s or 80s and i'm like man i want to move to norway which is something i've considered yeah, you know it wouldn't be bad it's like how the, but how the fuck would you go about doing that? You know, like move to Norway. Like you'd have to fly there. Well, and then you'd have to like. you have to fly there. You'd have to fly there, scout around a bunch of different locations, mm-hmm. talk to some people, stay in contact with that person, make all these decisions. And then they're on your fucking like word that you right. put, might, might potentially move here. You know, like that's how they used to have to do it. Then as soon as the Internet gets invented. Like, All oh, you have I, to do, I can look up this house that's yeah, for sale. And yeah. I can get a job and Skype interview. Yeah. And, hang on. Let me convert this to English real quick. Exactly, Google Translate. Exactly. I have no idea what you're saying, but hang on one second. Let me uh, let me convert this to Google. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking crazy, dude, right? Like it's crazy convenient yeah, how I mean, how far how far we've come with technology and how far, you know, like these things with primitive technology that we've we've these large gaps in, in technological advances. Um have you seen uh, Stephen Ranella's um, Netflix episode, Meat Eater? I haven't. Oh, dude, you would look up his Bolivia thing, dude. Okay. It would be, it would be really. I think you would really enjoy that because what he talks about is in the Meat Eater um, Netflix special. What he does is he goes down to Bolivia mm-hmm. and he starts asking these these guys these questions. He's like, "Hey, what's your favorite? What's your favorite kind of thing to hunt?" And the guy looks at him and he goes, "What the fuck are you talking about? Like, it just doesn't." It like doesn't. We, we hunt like to provide food. We don't yeah, because our 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 thing game. is that like, hey man, that's, hey man, what dishwasher do you prefer? Hey dude, like what? Hey dude, what glass yeah, thing? Accurate. Hey dude, what glass thing do you prefer? Which toilet do you prefer? Which 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 um which shower do you prefer? You know, do you like it cold or hot? And these are things that like we don't necessarily think about. Hey, what's your favorite colored painted lines in the middle of the road? You know, like things that are completely normal to us. But when he goes down south, what he notices is, or when he goes down to Bolivia in these areas, these people have that Western, you know, like they're Westernized. He's, yeah. And these guys have emails and all sorts of shit, you know, but they live in these towns. And in order for them to survive, what they have to do is they have to hunt. Right. And so he talks about the distinct difference between the ethics of hunting animals mm-hmm. to survive versus hunting animals up in the United States. Where as the a majority is done for the trophy. Exactly, the yeah. The, you know, the, I shot this. My yeah, my deer, yeah. my buck scored this. Yeah, yeah. but I do, I do have to, I do have to defend Stephen Ronell. He's actually against trophy hunting. Mm-hmm. He 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 views hunting as a way. Like he uses everything. You right. Know, he uses everything. But yeah, some he, people everything down to the organs, yeah. the bones, the, the yeah. tendons, everything. Yeah. And dude, I, I I admire that. And yeah. I, fortunately, I have not been lucky when I hunt. Dude, I want to go fucking hunting, dude. Dude, you know what we need to do? We need to go out to Idaho. We need I to go. Would dude, love to do dude, that. Dude, we need to go out to Idaho. Fucking like get some get some out of state tickets. Mm-hmm. Like find someone. Find someone that knows how to hunt. 
I, I got I got that's, that's that's the difference between like New Hampshire and like other states, like the, the like yeah. the Western states where everything's open and they have such an abundance of animals. It's ridiculous, dude. And it's weird. It's weird too because I've been out to Idaho, dude. It's gorgeous out there. Oh, it's absolutely. fucking beautiful. And like like I was down in a place. Uh, so like we landed in we landed in Boise, right? Mm-hmm. The one of the big cities in in Idaho, and it's down it's down in the southern area. And then we're, we're about like an hour and a half southwest of, of Boise. It's this, mm-hmm. we went down to this valley, you know, and like my neighbors, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, dude, I, I don't fucking care. And, um, oh, dude, we also got these Nutrigrain bars too. If you don't, oh. if you don't, if you want to eat it, it's cool. I just try, I try to, I try to like, I try to limit food. So like, it's not like I was going to, I was thinking about laying out some crackers and then like we eat the crackers and it's like, <laughs> you know, while you're like eating in the no, microphone. So, um, but while we were down on the ranch like what was really cool was um fuck i thought i forget what the hell i was going with this is that whiskey um, getting to you yeah dude it probably is oh no hunting hunting yes um <laughs> so yeah idaho what was cool about that was um the is this green light still on yes green light. let me know if that good thing goes red because okay. it means the battery's dying um i need to change it i think it's right there sure um and what happens is is um Dude, a, a large majority of your big game hunting is uh, in Idaho. There's a lot of um, elk that you can do, you know. And but the thing is, is that like once you get into the northern part of the state, it all turns really weird. And it's dude, it's it's such a beautiful part of the country that not many many people explore, you know. Because right. we went up there and we went into the hot springs, and these are my old neighbors that used to live across the street from me, mm-hmm. right? And so as we're going through the Going through this, like these state parks, they're not like national parks, but they're state parks, but they're fucking gorgeous, man. You know, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I'm like, man, like to hike through these fucking mountains, you know, and to have to like hunt for, you know, hunt your, hunt your elk and all that kind of stuff. Dude, it's fucking nuts. Yeah. I mean, I've I've always wanted to, I mean, I, I, I call it big game hunting, but I've always wanted to hunt a large animal. Um, just for the fact that I haven't gotten the chance to eat Mm. a lot of wild meat. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I've been hunting. I say I've been hunting. I've been going out in the woods with a gun for <laughs> like three or four years now, and I have yet to shoot a deer. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm just not good at it. I don't know. Um, I've, and I've, also, I've, sitting in a fucking tree sometimes isn't always. Sitting, isn't sitting always, in it is isn't, isn't, isn't always for some people. Right. You know? I mean, sitting in a tree, you can go walk around. I mean, there's, there's tons of methods and yeah. times that you have to do it. And, you know, there's a lot of preparation. I mean, again, that's nowadays. I'm back, you know. Our grandfathers used to go out and slay deer left and right, wearing jeans and flannels and yeah. puffing on cigarettes. And I yeah. can't, I can't go out sitting there getting all fucked up, you know, doing that. I mean, absolutely, I mean, yeah. they're bringing out their bottle of whiskey and just getting hammered, waiting for a deer to walk in front of them. They'd slay them left and right. And I can't go out with you know my scent, you know, completely yeah. covered and in camo, head to toe, and face paint. And I can't get a squirrel to run in front of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's terrible. Yeah, dude. Another thing too is in New Hampshire, um, turkey hunting too. Is that yes, turkey hunting. I, I went when I was a kid. I went with um, my dad's cousin. I don't know if I call him my uncle or whatever. That weird. As you say, uncle, family, you know, whatever. Yeah, family, <laughs> family. Um, he brought me out turkey hunting, and I got my first turkey actually, and it was pretty cool. But dude, it's a lot of fucking work, man. You know, it's a lot of work because especially with turkeys, like he's doing all the calling, and I tried, yeah. and this fucking Jake, the Jake is like the teenage, right. the juvenile turkey, you know, and yeah, so go, uh, Jake fucking comes running up you know and i start trying to call him in he's like what the fuck and he just what walks you, you, off yeah he's like what the fuck are you like, doing that sounds you know? kind of like <laughs> something but i'm not gonna go investigate yeah he's like it sounds like a deflating tire like, what the fuck is that <laughs> thing over there you know i went i went turkey hunting 
a couple of years ago, and that's actually that's actually the only animal I've taken. Yeah, is a turkey, uh, other than like fish. Dude, it's still, it's still, it's still, it's. I don't know. There's something about killing something mm-hmm. and then actually eating it yourself. You know, right. and that's one it's thing. A, that, it's a completely different feeling. I mean, yeah, because you can just grab a turkey by its neck, you know, and you can just bring it right afterward, you know, and then you could just cook it like that evening. A right. deer is something that's like totally fucking different. Because, dude, when we were walking through, or when we were driving through Germany, there was these old ass deer stands, man. Yeah. Old, like they're so it's like rolling hills rolling hills densely packed yeah densely packed fucking town right where everybody's together population's probably like a few hundred or whatever right and then rolling fields rolling fields it's bavaria you know and the thing is is there was always these things overlooking the fields and i was curious i was like hmm, i wonder what the fuck those things are but some of them were placed in such weird positions that they yeah. must have been there for years you know years and years and years before the roads were put there yeah but dude the the, thing is is the houses were put up they're they were deer stands right you know and they're just made of fucking crappy wood you know and these but the way that they're overlooking it's just different the way that these dude they're like three feet from the fucking road some of them and shit like that you know but that's i don't know what they're they're hunting requirements are compared to the u.s you know, know but like that's I mean, the thing obviously other, I mean, other yeah. states have different regulations in other states but even other countries yeah other countries they, dude you could just see all the that's where that yeah. cultural like mentality comes into it yeah. too like you know a lot of other countries you know they'll let their citizens you know like okay you need to survive on hunting your animals so mm-hmm. go out and do whatever precautions or whatever is necessary for you to hunt your animal whereas uh, for new hampshire for instance uh you need to be I believe it's closer to the microphone. I believe it's 15 yeah. feet from the road um, yeah. to hunt an animal. But it's a 100 yards or 300 feet from a dwelling yeah, to, the, to fire you, off a firearm. Yeah, because we have to be... I remember when we used to go shooting out in Clough State Park. Yeah, it was around, it was around 300 feet. But then some... Man, the thing is, is weird is shooting, shooting firearms, mm-hmm. like especially in a forested setting, mm-hmm. I always feel like a little uneasy about it you know especially with what could be potentially over there or whatever and i remember we ended up um shooting at a clough state park and these fucking guys on these motorcycles dude we're, dude, we're just trying to mind our own business right. especially when it comes to firearms you know like we're just trying to have a good time shooting and this guy comes out he had a fucking motorbike and he comes out and drives his motorbike right out in front of us yeah while we're literally like getting ready to shoot and he so we had our we had our bags laid down he takes his bike and he parks right by our bike revs his engine and it kicks up all the dirt and all of our guns mm-hmm. and we're just like dude like yeah, some, how the some, fuck do you I mean, not know we're like how the fuck, well, fuck it's you, not, dude, it's not you even know? the it's whole like, like oh how do you not know that we're hunting here and like, a lot of people yeah. like regardless of what they may think a lot of people don't like hunting at no. all and a lot of people a lot of, a lot of people don't even like guns either no you know and so like i always even try more to people, yeah a lot of people don't like hunting even more people don't like guns yeah but the thing is is that hunting is actually such a huge ethical part of what actually that's what dude, a lot of people plays, know. It plays it, a again, huge that kind of everything comes full circle it's yeah. you know the uneducated statements and yep. you know if, if we stopped all hunting the overpopulation of the animals the you know the amount of animals that would destroy our crops that you know all these you know these vegemites are going yeah. at like oh you know everybody you know don't eat meat eat veggies okay well you know if I'm not killing these animals they're going to eat your veggies and yeah. now you're going to starve so and it, what and do you it want comes me to do? it comes down to like the diversity within the ecosystem right mm-hmm. is that one of the most I don't want to say unfortunate but one of the most aggressive eradication programs actually took place in the Galapagos Islands okay and what happened was is the something, something like that rings a bell yeah so what happened in the Galapagos Islands was the goats were actually okay. eating all the fruit that the 
tortoises would typically eat. Mm-hmm. The Galapagos turtle or the Galapagos right. tortoise, these giant tortoises that need all these nutrients. Well, the goats were actually out-competing them. And there was... And they, they, yeah, and so here, yeah, and so here's the thing: Galapagos tortoises live for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Goats don't live that long, no. but they reproduce in very, record very fucking numbers, right? Yeah, so they reproduce very, very, very fast. Now they started out, or they started completely destroying the same fruits that these tortoises would eat, and then the tortoises started starving to death. Because they couldn't mm-hmm. actually maintain sustenance, right? Okay. So what the people on these islands did was they started a they <laughs> they completely eradicated yeah, they, all the goats. Yeah, and that's that's the goat is an invasive species. People mm-hmm. say, well, hey, you know, why can't you re why can't you end up capturing the goats? Yeah, why can't you rehome? Why can't yeah? Why can't you, yeah, why can't you reload? That, that because they're on an island. They, yeah, they're on an island. There's no way that they, there's any way to do this. So what they did was they literally just got in helos. And they do what you see with the boar population down mm-hmm. in Texas, where they're eradicating yeah. all these boars. But the thing is, is they over—they're an invasive species. They destroy farms. They're aggressive towards other animals. There's nothing that we can legitimately do about right. it except hunt them. So what these people did was, with the helicopters, they went and they ended up killing all these goats. But there was still small pockets of goats that were mm-hmm. on the island. So what they did was they were like, oh, these things are st- okay. All right, maybe we should maybe they're, we should stop. We yeah, to- and they were worried that the funding wasn't wasn't gonna wasn't gonna that they wouldn't see the project through. Mm-hmm. So the goats would come back and then they would lose the tortoises on the island. Oh, right, takes us too. Yeah. So what they did was they actually took collars and they would find these female goats because the goats actually learned that when they would hear helos that it meant death. So they would run into the trees I and mean, they would hide. Animals are not Dude, stupid. They're not. They're not. Animals stupid. are not yeah. stupid. I mean, even so. I mean, yeah, so they understood that it meant death. So what right. they did was these male goats and these female goats, their little goats, whatever, they would run into the trees and they would hide from the helos and they would stay put, kind of like it would is like if if it was a if it was a fucking bear, mm-hmm. if it was a coyote, if it was anything, right? So these goats and they go and chill. But what they did was they took these collars and they put them on these female goats. And mm-hmm. so when they would go and they would go to these areas where they're gonna mate. That's where they would find them, and they would they would kind of like tag that location, mm. and then they would go to those locations where they and they the would just the eradicate all the rest of the goats. And it was actually considered one of the most successful programs in order to preserve a natural ecosystem at the Galapagos the Galapagos Islands, where we had introduced goats back in the 1500s, early 1700s, whenever we had actually ended up discovering these islands. Right. But it was it was essentially one of the most beneficial programs for the island to complete like 250,000 goats we ended up like slaughtering but the thing is, is it's an invasive species it's a lot of goat meat. yeah a lot of goat meat great great meat great but meat. yeah but that's, great waste yeah, of goat meat yeah but that's but the thing is that like I, hunting has its has its ethical and unethical things you know like do i want one of the biggest things that when it comes to hunting is like that i don't know how i view it i don't know how i view this right is in africa they have giant gated communities where mm-hmm. lions can come by and okay. or not lions can come by but these these men can come and they can kill a lion in a gated in a gated right. hunting thing that's, but the thing is is that that that's not hunting yeah here's the let me tie up let me let me pay the, thousands of dollars to this this country exactly this, but that this preserve for them to tie up this animal to a tree and let me shoot it and then yeah. take a picture and put it on Facebook. Because yeah. it's a gated thing and the animal or... the animal doesn't have the ability to escape. Right. It's New Hampshire actually has a law where the animal you can't kill an animal on an island. Right. So if you're if you're if if a deer is 
out in the middle. Like, you know how we have a lot of marshes around here yes. and stuff? The animal has to have a chance to get away. Correct. So if you try to shoot a deer that's on a small little marshland where it actually can't get away, that's illegal. Yeah. It has to have some it's, chance it's to get away. It's cheating. It's fish yeah. in a barrel. Yeah. Yeah. Like the highest point. Yeah. You know? But that's the thing is that, like, in Africa, that's these, these gated communities actually allow for the conservation for them to pay those security guards to guard the other wildlife mm-hmm. To do all these things, so it's like there's I mean, a there's that, a there's yeah, a good I mean, everything comes full circle. Yeah, it's like it's a good it's a good thing the, the and it's a bad thing. Expectation of the but hunting. yeah, that guy's not that guy's just you know maybe he will take everything that's gonna come out of that lion or that cheetah or whatever it is mm-hmm. you know or a fucking ostrich or an endangered animal. But then again, it's like then there's that other guy that's just gonna do it for the trophy. But that right. animal that that trip that he's paying for for that animal. Mm-hmm is paying for the conservation so it's like you're essentially is, is raising it fair or is it not fair yeah you're, you're like raising an animal for slaughter for a, yeah. a picture online yeah it's like no, so it is, mm, is it fair is it do i do i agree with it that like a gate the animal doesn't have a chance to escape the animal's gonna die like right. but that animal that dies that animal is worth a lot of money and someone's gonna pay for that amount of money that's gonna mm-hmm. go towards conservation efforts elsewhere and you have those people that'll say like, "Oh, hunting provides conservation," which it does, but to then, an extent. but yeah, but then when people see this, these trophy hunters, right. it causes a little bit of a red flag for people to be like, "Well, you know, maybe this isn't so much." And that's why the U.S. has such a good system, where we get a general consensus of a what we deem as a population, and then you can get a resident permit, which will be mm-hmm. like, let's say, one hundred fifty dollars or two hundred if it's whatever. like a deer or whatever, yeah. and then out of state, you know, will be a lot more. You know stuff like that. So they get a general like census of the population, and they just deem how many they can actually hunt for you know that year right. or that that month or that season. Essentially, you know? I, I know. I mean, I know for New Hampshire, for deer at least, it's. I mean, in some cases are different, but you're limited to about two deer per year depending yeah. on how you plan on taking them. Yeah. Um, I, I have my archery license. I have my hunting license. I pay for the muzzleloader, but muzzleloader. In New Hampshire is still considered a firearm. Mm. So if I was to shoot it with a muzzleloader or my regular rifle, that's still firearm. Mm. Or I can take it with my bow, and that would be archery. So I, I have the possibility of taking two deer. Yeah, I pay for it every year just because the money goes towards conservation yeah. and, and it goes game. Whether I use it or not, whether I have the time to get out and hunt, I still pay for it. Yeah, but that those the thing is is that you pay for it, and even right. though even though it doesn't actually go towards, you know, you don't get a deer. It still goes towards that effort that Correct. fish and game can use, and you know the the um, dude, the fish and game officers. Man, we have it's man, and the, the ecosystem is so fragile, dude. In it regard is. to you know how hunters do play a big role in all of that, you mm-hmm. know, um, yeah, it's crazy, you know, because even out in you even out in um, I almost said Yosemite, <laughs> um, even out in Yellowstone, dude, when they reintroduced wolves, they back in the early nineties, it's there's been a a shit ton of stuff that's going on over there in yeah. regard to how the oh, wolves are reacting to the population, yeah, not the, population, yeah. But the, the wildlife, yeah, yeah. How the wildlife's reacting to the wolves now being re-entered, yeah. Because, dude, what happened is these wolves were they can now as a pack animal, right? Mm-hmm. Coyotes, coyotes are pack animals, but they can't take down the big game like the wolves can, right? Correct. So the wolves can take down, you know, the, the the bigger elk, the bigger or the the bigger reindeer species bison you know whatever and problem is is that these these small little fawn populations Mm -hmm. the 
Wolves would would go for it if they wanted to, but the thing is, it's not enough meat for, no, it's to, not, to it's sustain not worth them. Their time. Yeah, it, yeah, it's not really worth their time. The problem is, is it actually comes into competition with the coyotes, mm-hmm. right? So the coyotes know that they can't compete with the wolves' bigger prey, right? They don't prey on these larger animals. Dude, you ever seen a fucking wolf, dude? How big those fucking things are, dude? In person, no. And dude, I, I, on wood, yeah, I, I hope I don't ever fucking come across one either. I mean, but I've been to a zoo. Yeah, I've dude. I've, yeah, I've seen. I I've seen. Screw with that. Yeah, I've seen a couple. Um, I think when I was a kid, we saw a couple. Uh, they have a like a sanctuary up up north or around here somewhere that we went so, to. But it's funny you mentioned that. So up in Colebrook, um, a buddy of mine. So I don't know if this is true or not. It could be a complete made up lie because that's mm-hmm. what friends tell friends. Um, of course. He's got a cabin up in Colebrook that we go to quite often, mm. and at least once or twice a year. And two blocks away from that is a used what used to be a uh, a wolf sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, it was a family that took care of uh, like wolf puppies, I guess. Mm. Um, I guess New Hampshire a while back had some issues with the wolves, and we weren't they, they weren't staying alive, or I don't really know what was happening. So. Mm-hmm. They, they were literally raising wolves. They weren't giving them any human contact. They were walking over, throwing them hunks of meat, and walking away. They were just, like, re- breeding them and raising them. Um, I guess the house foreclosed. Ooh, and okay. the family, out of spite, just released all the gates of the wolves. <laughs> of course. So course. Cobra got hit with a massive, like, four or five packs of wolves. And How many years ago was this? I don't know. I never looked into it. This is a story that I was told. Um, That's I, actually I, interesting. I could probably there's... research it and find out some facts or some hmm. some false. Yeah, that would be that would be interesting to find out what the what the maybe that was like something in the eighties or nineties. I would say that that the it wolves, yeah, the wolves, the wolves probably ended up dying off because they didn't know what to do. In right, regards just, to you know, being we, we, they wild. went from yeah. captivity and being fed yeah. x amount of times a day. And but then... at the same time, wolves are also really fucking smart animals, man. I mean, they are. They can adapt because, dude, even coyotes can fucking adapt to like live in New York City. This is, you know, this is true. That's fucking crazy to think coyotes, that. Coyotes, coyotes need to be eradicated too. Yeah, those fucking. I mean, things, obviously, man. obviously, they help with the ecosystem to yeah. an extent. Yeah, but uh, it's. I mean, New Hampshire—they're pretty bad. I mean, we we don't have hogs up here, but we have coyotes, and the coyotes are destroying yep. our our other hunting capabilities. They're taking out our deer yep. and our smaller animal and smaller game. So it's kind of screwing with us. But yeah. Well, dude, that was one of the issues they faced in Yellowstone, was that the wolves were taking the bigger game. Well, these small little fawns, these deer population, their mortality rate for newborns was like almost as as high as 90%. Okay. And the problem was, was that the defense mechanism for these fawns is to literally just stay put in the grass and as the mother, as the mother does her thing. Tracks and goes, them away. Yeah. And so what these coyotes, yeah, exactly. So what these coyotes would do is they would distract the mother. And then the so fawn, away. she yeah, she would run away, and then these fawns would just lie in the ground, and then the coyotes know that the fawn's going to be around them right. somewhere because I mean, they can again, because they know are not dumb. Animals they are, are smart. not stupid. They yeah, well they they targeted those fawns and they completely fucking eradicated like this population of just all these little all these small fawns where the the deer just got ravaged in Yellowstone. So we had to actually like start implementing hunting procedures to eradicate some of the wolves so that they yeah. would, that the that the coyotes could compete and that that's how fragile the ecosystem is is that we introduced wolves into an ecosystem 
where we, they traditionally we were. But it's it up. yeah, but so it's now such we, it's you know again it's yeah. we introduced them now we need to take them. We, back. Yeah, we eradicated them where they were originally back right. in back in the early 1800s where they were they were there for thousands of years. You look at the, you look at any wolf, they are designed for that type of environment in Yellowstone. They run on snow. They've got the thick fur. They're fucking huge animals. Yes, they are. And they know how to hunt in snow. That's just how they evolved, right? Gray wolves, fucking huge wolf, right? Um, but, you know, man, it was just, it was really interesting seeing how fragile the actual ecosystem is when it comes to how the wolves operate in such an environment like Yellowstone, right? Mm-hmm. And then you take, you, you take, them out after we ended up killing them and then you reintroduce them and you and see you, how we have to start we have to start kind of start over again yeah i mean you you, you take them out of the ecosystem ecosystem adapt all yeah. right these these you know these predators aren't here anymore we can relax we can do this mm. now we can do this now so you know it's gone on for x amount of years and then oh well you know we screwed up let's fix it we reintroduce them and we, we screwed it up again yeah and dude there's a lot of um there's a lot of differing like philosophies on how we should how we should approach that because you take one animal out and then you put another animal in and it just dude it doesn't it, work it like does, that. yeah it doesn't work like Square that hole so, doesn't fit in the circle yeah and so now we're actually the wolves are um they're having very tough times genetically breeding because there's not very much genetic mm-hmm. diversity within that small population in Yellowstone. So you know? I, I, I funny to bring up the other uh, genetics and like the breeding. So New Hampshire has actually had reports of koi wolves where mm. coyotes and wolves have been mating. Mm. Um, Interesting. So, you know, obviously they, they don't like each other, but at some point they kind of, uh, I don't know. How well, it's like, a, it's like, a, it's like, it's like, Hey, I'm, you're an animal. I'm an animal. Yeah, under under the yeah under the right conditions. I mean, even humans mated with Neanderthals back in the day, right? You know, um, even tigers and lions. You know, they come up with this thing called the liger, right? Which is only which would only Very ever rare. The, the well, exact. Well, it's only it's only ever. Excuse me, got some in my eye. It's only ever in existence under the under the condition, or they're only ever bred in captivity because. Mm-hmm. The actual conditions that are needed for a lion and a tiger and a, to and, be and, and, and to, to well to yeah to mate are fucking uh, dude the list is so long that the conditions needed literally be completely perfect in order for that to happen yeah but they're plagued with all these health problems when they're actually birthed you know you have this giant fucking cat oh it's, giant. it's huge, dude, it's I, a huge I, I, i've seen cat. them not yeah. in person i've seen pictures yeah. and videos but, but they, they have yeah they're massive. plagued with health problems they're not supposed to, they're not supposed to exist yeah i mean it's and you know so you, what happens when you you know can human, you imagine that's that that's what happens when humans get involved there's, there's yeah. a pattern here yeah that's why pugs shouldn't even fucking exist pugs either pugs pugs are there they would not they're survive all, yeah they no, would they not 90 percent of the dogs yeah here wouldn't survive i mean they're yeah, because well, my roommate ended up telling me that that pugs actually are a manifestation of human mm-hmm. human genetic engineering. Is that they're not supposed to actually be? I actually, in, I mean, I, I don't know how true this is. I believe pit bulls are as well. I believe mm, pit bulls are the uh, effect of human interaction with. Dude, say, it's I say, fucking I say crazy. Interaction, like not like a interaction human dog, with, but, you know, <laughs> sitting there fucking dogs and shit. We're like, yeah, all right, dude, there. you go first. I'll go second. You know, <laughs> see what comes out. <laughs> no, yeah. um. Dude, one of the one of the very interesting thing that cougars actually did mm-hmm. is that, you know, not not the forty year old woman thing at the, at a club or anything uh-huh. like that, but um, one of the interesting things about pumas or you know cougars, whatever you want to call them, um, dude, they actually, I found that it's a very interesting thing 
that wolves are actually competing with cougars for food. And so what these, okay. and remember how I was telling you that they target their prey, right? The mortality rate of certain, they notice that cougars, like at, at a, if you imagine it as like a chart of time, mm-hmm. they notice is that the, the cougars cubs actually started dying, but then it slowly started to taper off after these cougars started to realize how to adapt to the situation. And what they okay. found was that competing for wolves in Yellowstone and areas where wolves are now operating within the same territory, what a cougar will do will actually kill an animal that's that they're not going to feed towards their cubs. Okay. What they're going to do is they're going to kill that animal and leave it there for, for a, the wolves. For a wolf to come and find. Yeah, exactly. And then it's going to go back towards its original area and it's going to feed that. So it's killing an animal hmm. so that the wolves can like feast a, on that. Kind of like a, not, like, not really a yeah. decoy, but uh, yeah. like, hey, I'll kill yeah. this and give it to you so I can go feed so I Yeah, so I don't have to worry about my animals possibly or my, my kittens or whatever, my cubs possibly dying. Yeah, animals are smart, man. Dude, animals are animals fucking are smart, smart, dude. They're fucking smart, man. But, um, dude, so getting back to getting back to bushcraft, we kind of went off on a fucking tangent there. It's already been an hour. Yeah. Yeah, it's already been an hour, dude. Yeah, it's crazy. Or getting close to an hour. I'm going to find a fucking tangent there. Maybe the whiskey makes time pass. It does. It yeah. does. Yeah, definitely right. does. I didn't even realize how fucking long we've been talking this whole time. I love this stuff. Dude, me too. So much. Um, but, dude, getting back to bushcraft. So, yeah. I know I was only there for the day. Um, and when we had walked through, man, yeah, it was um, it was a really nice location because we were mm-hmm. overlooking we were overlooking the, the water. And Sawyer Pond is actually not accessed by, um, that's where we were. It was in a place called Sawyer Pond, um, if you don't mind me saying no, that. No, not at all. No, and, I mean, um, it's, a, it's a very, actually a really. Public well, land. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's public. Uh, it's very well known. Um, usually it's only a mile and a half hike. You can drive right to mm. the, uh, the trailhead, hike a mile and a half in, super easy. Uh, when it's not covered in four feet of snow. Um, also, yeah. when the Class 6 road is open, again, very easy hike. Uh, we went up. Was it a week ago now? Two mm-hmm. weeks ago. Yeah. Um, it's still mid mud season. Uh, still technically Ugh. winter up there. My fucking shoes were wet. <laughs> yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. My fucking shoes are wet as shit. Um, so yeah, so the classics road was closed, so we had to hike the classics road up, and then the mile and a half hike. In, yeah. The mile and a half hike in. It may have been a little more. Fun yeah. Hours. I honestly think I clocked it. I think that I would say that that hike on the way in, yeah. total from car to where we were, mm-hmm. I would say myself, it was about seven to eight. That's what I would you say. So? Oh yeah, dude. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I would say, I, I mean, would say I mean, it's the, around. The road was a straightaway. It wasn't inclined. I will give it that. It wasn't mm. in the ass. So we, the only reason I question it is because the way in, None of us, well, I mean, maybe you, but none of us are really gung ho for a hike in. Yeah. Um, at five miles, at least that's what we and expected. The thing is, is that when it's, we when we tried to clock it too, we'd, oh, so we've gone, we've gone fifty miles from we, where we started. Gone so and, far, and I was like, like, I, was like I know, it was like, I was like, we were, um, we were, we were trying to figure out to clock or uh, two of um, Tremley's we belt. Yeah, two of Tremley's buddies had a GPS, and they the GPS had been left on from where they had started. And then drove all the way up into the White Mountains. So instead of yeah, instead, so, so yeah, instead my, of it, my buddy had a GPS <laughs> and he pinpointed it at his house. And then when we got to the truck, he had thought, or when we obviously we drove up, it was X amount of miles. Um, dude, you know how many times I've done that with shit? <laughs> like fucking everything, dude. I'm like, uh, oh man, I thought my azimuth was this or I something. Thought this, so, I thought it was this. this oh is why no, we're over here instead dude, of here. Fuck. Oh shit. Yeah. So he had pinpointed at his at his house. 
um, and then we drove up to uh, Bartlett, New Hampshire, and then where he thought we or where we parked and where he thought he pinpointed it, he didn't. So we were what we thought was two miles into the trail. Yeah. Um, he pinpointed it again, and he was like, "Oh, we you know f- from the truck to here," but he screwed up. Wasn't from the truck, it's to his house. He's like, Well, we're 80 miles from my house, so we have no idea where we are on this trail. Yeah, but dude, it's so hard. It's so hard to get distance wise down, even in the White Mountains, dude, because of oh. all that elevation, you know? I mean, dude, I do some hikes and it's like, Oh, this is this is fucking 0. 0.7 miles. It's like fucking three miles later. It's like, yeah. What the fuck is this? You know, 0. 0.7 miles my ass. You know, it yeah. doesn't, doesn't feel, dude, that elevation does do it something. It kills you. Yeah, that elevation does do something, man. Like, I don't know. The I don't know. The only good part you know? about elevation is how fast it makes the alcohol. Yes, yes, exactly. Dude, that's one thing. Does hit you harder. That's one thing that hit me out in um Colorado, man. Dude, you gotta come out. You gotta Absolutely. Come out. Dude, you gotta come out. I got a bunch of friends out there that are um that um that um we're looking to do some climbing, hiking, do that yeah. elevation shit will fuck you up. But it's not, not it's not it's not like so bad, am, but dude I am absolutely down for hiking anywhere and anything. Mm. Uh I do not know about rock climbing. No, I'm, well, I'm you a know, heavier set man. No, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, I think I think with with there's there's hikes out there. There's yeah. hikes everywhere. Like that's a beautiful thing about the outdoors is that you know, Absolutely. there's there's beautiful hikes that you can do. And dude, even when we were in Denver, like dude, we got out and you know the views are just as gorgeous. Dude, we pull off into a fucking gas station, you yeah. know, and like we're taking you know these beautiful pictures of of all this stuff. And dude, there's so many gorgeous state parks national parks out, out in colorado that's one of the big motivations for me to go out there is that someone ended up saying to me the other day they're like hey like why do you want to why do you want to go out here and i'm like oh dude like do you do you do you know like what's <laughs> do, you do, know you, what's do you know what's out there like it's just dude you've got you've got the san juans you've got great sand dunes national park oh, dude you know, I, so I saw, many, I saw so on many. your instagram the pictures of, yeah. of those sand dunes and that, dude I was so curious as to where you were. I'm like, did yeah. he just take a random trip to the Sahara Desert? Or no, I it was. He, um, yeah, I have no idea where you are. No, well, like, yeah, I'm in Colorado. I'm like, I didn't know Colorado had sand dunes. Yeah, dude, I know Colorado has mountains and weed. Well, dude, and that's all I know about Colorado. Dude, but that's the thing is that I didn't know that they had sand dunes either, right? And then my friend Becky, who's who's out there, she says to me, she's she's like my my Colorado guide, and, and yeah. you know. Um, we met through a friend we don't talk or i don't i don't really um, i out of yeah uh, whatever you know whatever whatever history. but um yeah some fucking history with that whole shit but <laughs> um well she's dude like i'm like man if this is in the united states like what the fuck else is there dude yeah, you know, yeah. like I mean, can you imagine people are so confined in their homes i mean granted this is yeah. there's the like-minded few who like to go absolutely go, go dude i'm it. fucking taking some more <laughs> absolutely dude, i don't drink but you know ah, this is for it. making me a conversationalist here you know um there's people who you know they you know stay at home they're like oh yeah you know i see this picture online and like this is cool but like yeah. you won't really know where it is until you go there yeah but dude that's one of the beauties of, of photography and also like bushcraft and mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff dude dude fuck cheers dude again cheers. again dude and that's the beauty of that's the beauty of photography dude is it gives it opens up all these different doors to explore these different places and you know one of the biggest things that i want to that i want to actually endorse is like not 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 kind of like using photography as a way to kind of tarnish like you know how some people you remember the thing like doing it for the gram and all that oh, kind of stuff absolutely. you know there's like there's like certain ethical things that that comes to when it comes to taking photographs of right. places like, and, like you're not just doing it for like to show you're doing it to show yeah. people like hey this is what's out here yeah you you need to come out here and yeah. see this like you, you should you get should out there and explore yeah. dude like you should you should preserve these lands instead of like destroying them and some people like these youtube inf- or not youtube uh, like these instagram influencers and all that kind not, of stuff you, like you can even throw in 
you can even yeah. throw those YouTube guys. Yeah, and there. even the fucking YouTube people. There's nothing wrong with doing anything on Instagram to be an influencer. But that, in the advent of social media, dude, like that's one of the biggest problems is mm-hmm. that there's a page called Public Land Hates You. I don't know if I yeah, and I don't I don't know if I showed it to you. Now there's you didn't show me. You told me about yeah. It, about now the people there's. There's two sides to this, right? Mm-hmm. Some people say, and and I see I see both sides, right? Some people say that like when this guy is calling these people out as influencers because they're not respecting the signs, mm-hmm. or they're not respecting to stay on the trail, and these right. people will go out, and all of a sudden it takes one person, and that one person is like, oh, it's, it's just one, it's just one of this. Well, there's a fucking take, there's there's it takes millions, one person. Dude, to there's ruin millions it for of fucking everybody. people. Yeah, dude, there's millions of people, right? Mm-hmm. And it takes. Not just one person to do it. One person does it. Multiple other people are going to fucking do it. Absolutely. Thousands of people are going to do it. And then they go to the same location. They do these things. And all of a sudden, fucking all this bad shit starts happening. Back in 2010, there was only about 800 to 1,000 people ended up visiting Iceland mm-hmm. in that year. In those years for tourism. As soon as social media starts kicking off, Instagram starts getting hey, more look famous. At Iceland. This, Facebook, is, this is what's here dude, in Iceland. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, as you look at if you look at time as goes on, now they're now they're getting like hundred thousand visitors mm-hmm. visitors per year, hundred fifty thousand visitors per year. Now, dude, these people can't sustain like the right. tourism industry, so now they're actually starting to think about potentially you have to like get permits. But the thing is, is that like is that something that that's something that we've never really had to think about before? You right. know, like do we limit? the amount of exposure certain people get to like our national parks or our places where we're going to are going to do these things, you know, and even even when it comes to doing, I, I guess if you have that problem, that's something to talk about. Yeah. But for like the states and the countries where they don't have that problem, I mm. guess that's a kind of a niche subject, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's it's weird. It's weird at what social media can do. It's good stuff, too. I love good. this stuff. Thirty-five dollars a bottle. It's not bad. I, I, I believe not it could bad. be a little more. Little, little, uh, little, little. For people listening, for the people who like whiskey, this is Suntory whiskey. Um, dude, they might, they might, they might give you a sponsor, dude. Nah, I should, when we post that. this, when we post this, you should tag them and. Instagram. Um, absolutely. Speaking of influencers, I know, right? Fucking kind of, <laughs> kind of, kind of a fucking, kind of slightly, what is it? What's that word? Hypocritical of us. Oh, fucking YouTube influencers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Doing, doing Instagram hashtag influencers. For hashtag for the gram, dude. We should call them out so you can get sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, dude, the social media, like, has its, it has its ups and downs. It absolutely. With things, you know? Um, and I think what it comes down to is just, like, the ethical and, uh, one of the biggest things that I am a I'm a big person about, especially mm-hmm. looking for these new jobs, is um, I'm going to school for public relations. Right, mm-hmm. and I graduate. I should have been doing schoolwork today, but I had to sleep it all last night. Um, I, I should have been doing schoolwork for the last six years, but yeah, yeah, but I haven't. So yeah, it's, that's why yeah. I don't have a degree. Yeah, well, you know, man, it is what it is. Um, but that's why I want to go do stuff in the woods. Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. Right, um, but. You know, the biggest thing that I'm about is authenticity, is making sure that the people that I'm around are very, like, authentic people. You know, like, I don't want to say they're not fake. You know, like, I want to be sure that people around me are, they have good ethics. They have, they're very authentic. Like, I remember when we were setting up our tent, you know, and you were like, dude, it's a $100 fine if you, like, set up your tent right there. I was like, oh, shit. Right. I was like, I was like, I was like, shit, well. These, I was like, I'm definitely going to get along with these guys. <laughs> I was like, I'm definitely going to get along very I mean, well yeah, with these guys. I mean, you can yeah. be a stickler. You can, you can also be like, you know, what's realistic? Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. is a fishing game officer going to come out to you? I mean, granted, it was cold. Yeah. And I, I, and I, and I, and I, I realized... I it was cold. It wasn't very cold, but 
as far out as we were, the odds of fishing yeah. game officer coming out and be like, "You can't there's pitch no your way. tent on the ground here because you're too close to the." Yeah, trail. there's no. He would have had to hike up all that way, and there's no way. Yeah, I, basically, what that highlighted to me was that I need to get a new tent, especially especially for like platform platform yeah, tents. You know, I, I, I didn't I didn't realize it was actually going to do that. Yeah, but I think yeah, that was didn't a good. Your tent, you didn't realize it was a platform. Well, when I bought yeah, when I bought when I bought the tent, I didn't realize that it actually requires the the spikes to be in the ground. You know, hmm. so now, are you comfortable in that tent? I'm kind of a sidebar here, but like that, to me, that looked like a kind of small tent. Like it kind of was like a like form shaping to your body. Like it was kind of like tri- triangle. That was kind of a shitty tent. Not gonna lie. I was mean, it, it gets it gets the job done. Yeah, it's kind of a shitty tent. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, so cool. so like the thing is, the is that I'm a, was there. Yeah, I'm a big I'm a big guy for like, um, Gosh. you know, like. When you guys, well, when you when you guys were saying you're um, a big guy, you're a big guy. No, um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big guy for like carrying gear, you know, mm-hmm. and so I invested all this money in, you know, like right. my pack and everything like that. But then, um, and then my my sleeping bag, uh, not so much. My thermarest, uh, I bought mm-hmm. for like 120, and I love that thing. But dude, this thing's fucking noisy. That thing's noisy. And the extra, <laughs> the extra, the extra distance you saw where I have to actually, uh, yeah. it's a self inflating one, you know, where you have to blow into it and all that kind of stuff. Um, but. Like for living outside, it's not it's not bad. It's a good it's a good tent. It does the it does the job. But that's one of the things that I'm like thinking about when we go out to Colorado because mm-hmm. what I want to do for for some photo stuff is to like camp up in the mountains and right. to get the Milky Way and all that kind oh, of stuff, yeah. you know. And dude, that's like dude, that's gonna be so cool. Dude, that's why you gotta come out, man. If you come out, yeah. you come out, dude. Sometimes, like dude, we'll go to the Great Sand Dunes. We'll fucking go to the yeah, San Juan's, dude. To, we'd have to plan like a, a oh, week dude. If, trip uh, yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I understand. Like, I, I, we that's how we um, just did this last trip with yep. a buddy of mine from New York. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, we fit so much stuff on a weekend. Like, I was hoping that he could get Friday and Monday off. But dude, we I was, had to. I was just worried about my schedule. Yeah. So I, I work. I don't know, one of the weirdest schedules. Mm. I work every other Saturday, Sunday, mm. Monday, Tuesday. Mm. And that is my, you know, on paper schedule, not including overtime and yeah. anything else. So getting days off isn't very hard, mm. but the days I do have off, like everybody's working. Yeah. Like, it's I, tough. I'm off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, every other Saturday. Yeah. And then you so, have to work the weekend where right. everybody, because, dude, I used to work, I used to work security. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to work security. Um, at BAE Systems over in Merrimack, you know, and <laughs> when I uh, I used to work for an armored truck company, we used to deliver there. Yeah, yeah. I, so I, I knew two of their facilities over there, um, but that was the same thing, dude. I worked from I worked, um, I worked weekends. I had Wednesdays and Thursdays off, mm-hmm. and there's there's like certain highlights to that. Like you know, if let's say you're a climber or you're yeah. a hiker or something, you're interested in doing that kind of stuff. Like if you if you want to find the same it's nice during the weekday to go climbing or to go hiking because right. no one's up there. No, no one, but right. the problem is, is that no one's fucking, you can't like, you can't fucking find anyone to do anything during the right. week because everybody does the traditional schedule. I mean, if, if you're, if you're you know? into like going out in the woods by yourself, cool, as long as you're taking the proper safety precautions. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm one of those guys who gets inside my own head. A dude, lot. that's the same thing with me is that being in the military, I think that that's a good thing to have though. Is that like, I'm always like, whenever I walk into a situation, I'm always like, I don't want to say like, I don't want to say I'm sizing people up, but I'm like, I'm, I'm looking at like the situation as like how this could possibly unfold. Like even the other day getting up, I'm like, all right, if I come up on a fucking bear, I was like, dude, I had like, I pulled out my, I pulled out my pocket knife and I had my, 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 my little pocket knife, my little pocket knife, in, in my case little, it, you know, it, it doesn't, my uh, little Swiss army knife that <laughs> isn't even as long as the bear's fucking claws itself. Oh but I'm God. like, I'm like, like it's, something. it's something, it's something, it's uh, something realistically. I, I um, yeah, that's why just, I was like just me thinking. Like, if I was to ever do something like that, yeah. I would, 
uh, take a walking stick. I would go out in the woods and just grab a stick, like a, like a sturdy stick, and just sharpen the point. Yeah. And use that as a walking stick, just in case. It gives you that extra two or three feet. Like, ah, bear, yeah. back up, you know, get away. Yeah, but see, see, you have that, you have that, that bushcrafting, bushwhacking thing, <laughs> yeah. you know, where I'm like, I'm like, I'm sitting here resorting to like what I know. I'm like, fuck, dude, like a goddamn knife. I'm like, all right, fuck, come at me, bear. This is what I got. Fuck, bring it, bitch, you know, like, this I'm is, like, uh, what's, what's that movie with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? Uh, the, the Revenant, where he gets the attacked, Revenant. Oh, gets dude, that's a by that great bear. movie. That was terrible, dude. That's a great was, fucking movie. absolutely great movie. That scene, holy was shit, scary as hell. Yes, so, that, it was. Uh, that, so that was a grizzly bear. Uh, yes. I meant to bring this up earlier when we were talking about bears. Uh, the average bear size uh, of a black bear here in New Hampshire, because we only have black bears, mm. is about four to five feet tall. That's not big. It's, it's not, not big. It's not big. So when you think about a bear, the average is about five. Five feet tall. Yeah, but one of the one um, it doesn't it and it doesn't get much bigger than about three hundred pounds. So I'm six, so I'm six one two fifty. Mm. So I, I'm about the size of a black bear here in New Hampshire. Yeah. But dude, one of the biggest things that's so weird about bears is that black bears can actually climb. They can, right? So they can they Absolutely. can they can climb. But also the distinction between black bears and grizzly bears is that black bears can actually be brown, right? They can. So so if you're if you're over in the west. You can come across a bear that's actually it's a black it's a, bear, it's a brown but it's bear, a brown but it's a black, black bear. bear. Yeah, right. so it's 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 this weird kind of thing. And also, I mean, I, black bears aren't so like they are keen on protecting their young, but mm-hmm. not so as aggressive as you no. if you would come across like a grizzly bear. No, like if you, you know? if you were walking down a trail and you saw a bear cub walk in front of you. I would be hesitant. Mm-hmm. I would definitely mm-hmm. look around. I, I would know Mama's somewhere around here. Um, I would either you know, turn around and walk the other way. Yes. And, you know, I don't care if I take a little extra time on this trail. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna fucking, here. I'm gonna be sure I don't get fucking um, killed by this goddamn fucking grizzly bear. Yeah, but if you know, well, it's, it's not gonna be a grizzly bear. in New Hampshire. It's not gonna be a grizzly yeah, bear. Yeah. I can. No, sorry, I, was, I can I was, guarantee sorry, that. Sorry, I was, I was, I was daydreaming there for no, a second. No, that's fine. If I, if I, yeah, freaking if I was the fuck out about trail bears. and I saw a grizzly cub, I'd, just, I'd probably just eat a bullet right then. There. Yeah, yeah. I would rather, dude, because dude. There was um any, anything I'm carrying because I, I carry a nine in the woods. I carry some nice rounds, yeah. some nice full copper rounds. Yeah, that's why I was so scared because I, I had I had my nine and I ended up leaving it right <laughs> on my bring bed. It, I'm gonna yeah. bring it. I told her I was like I'm gonna bring it. I'm gonna bring my nine. So I have um I have a nine mole that I usually will carry with me um when I go hiking or whatever. I mean if it's mm-hmm. if it's like in the White Mountains, like I here's the, here's the biggest distinction, right? So the hikes that I do when I'm when I'm solo hiking. I know that there's going to be a lot of other people on the trail. Okay. But the hike is going to be so strenuous that no animals are going to be up there. It's just like there's going to be birds. Like maybe at the right. very base of the hike there'll be you'll people. See, you'll you see know. wildlife birds, squirrels. Yeah. yeah, you know, you'll see so you'll see you'll see really we've actually come across a bear when yeah. we were driving up there. Yeah, dude. We were actually you know the uh, oh, when you were driving yeah. on the yeah, road. So, yeah. Yeah, so we did um, we, me and my buddy Kyle, uh, we did uh Mount Garfield mm-hmm. and we were driving back and I was like, "Man, the fuck is I was like, man, whose dog is that? In the middle of the road, because it's like you know when you go to Frank when you go through Franconia Notch, yeah. you're headed south on I ninety three, right before it turns into I ninety three. It's a single lane highway, right. right? And so we were coming around this like curve, like we're on the you know it it kind of veers left mm-hmm. around the side of the mountain, and to the left it's like a little bit of a slope, you know. But all of a sudden right. this thing just comes in the middle of the road, and there's no sign. What is that? It's, yeah, is dude, it's like it's like hiker's dog. Yeah, got dude, loose. it's like, like six oh, or all right, cool. Yeah, dude, it's like six or seven o'clock, 
and all of a sudden I'm like, man, what the fuck is like? Whose dog is that? You know, it's it's like it's like a yeah, half whose mile. dog? And that's kind of a big dog. Yeah, dude, you put so, two and two together, like ah, that's not a dog. Dude, all right, cool. So all of a sudden it fucking stands up in the middle of the Oof. road, and I'm like, all Oof. right, I was like, yeah, that's not, not a dog. dog, not a dog. So I go from doing like 55 to like 20 in a, you know, and I'm just like, dude, that was fucking cool. That's a goddamn. Mm-hmm. That was a bear. You know? Yeah, it was, a, it was a black bear. It was one of the one of the first black bears that I actually ever. Well, I've ever seen while driving you know crossing the white mountains actually or in the white mountains so they're still out there oh yeah absolutely. but it was just it was fucking cool actually to see you know I mean, it's but- funny so like i again I'm, I'm i call myself a hunter just because i've taken the course and i have mm. the hunter's license so i guess i get to call myself a hunter definitely um, hunter dude sure yeah killed know, insects right yeah. Fucking hunter. <laughs> yeah um where was i going with this Black bears, black bears, yes, black hunters, bears. Yeah, um, and a, hunting. I had a moral to the story, though. Oh and well, I I'm, yeah, it. yeah. When I saw that fucker, dude, he was just crossing. Is that yeah, is that is that bringing anything? He'll come back. All right, that's cool. But yeah, dude, can you imagine? So even, dude, even when they're even out in Utah, man, it's one thing that's going to be scaring me when we go out there, dude. You need, dude, you need to fuck, come out so I'm, much, so much. So here's here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna you, stay. You, we're gonna, gonna have, you're gonna have to give me until next year at least. That's so fine. All, all my fine. money right now is tied up in a wedding. That's fine. Huge pain in the ass. Dude, anybody listening, planning a wedding, huge pain in the ass. Yeah, it's it's five five figures, five figures <laughs> usually. At least. Usually, yeah. That's what my buddy was telling me. He was getting married. Um, I was actually, and we're we're trying to do it on a budget, and it's not working. Yeah, dude, it's tough, man. It's tough getting married, man. Yeah. You know, like make it. Uh, like you want you want it to be good for her, you know. Like you want it to be you want it to be like a day for her, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And you know, there's a girl that I was um, I was talking to a little bit ago, and you know, we were kind of having our opinions about. Um, dude, you want to take a break real quick so we can sure, grab yeah, some more let's, coffee? Let's, let's take a break. And we're back. All right, we're back. Oh, oh, sorry, forgot to. Now we're back. Now we're back. Forgot to turn my microphone on. This was one oh, fucking dog outside. Goddamn dogs. Goddamn dogs. So, dude, what were we talking about earlier? Bushcraft, bears, bullshit. Bushcraft, <laughs> bears, bullshit. You need to get into hiking. You need to get I into do. hiking. I, I've been hiking a little bit. I'm not really going to call it dude, hiking. It's not, it's not. I've been walking through the woods with a backpack for a little bit. Have you Have you looked at certain hikes on all trails? I, I haven't. So, I, I downloaded all trails because a, a buddy of mine, uh, who you know, uh, New Hampshire Andy, mm-hmm. So he's, I, good. he's a good guy. He yeah, runs so, that. Yeah, he yeah. runs a uh, the obnoxious hiker. Everybody posts pictures of their butt and boobs and you know <laughs> yes, all sorts of yes, stuff. The, the obnoxious. Yeah. Hiker. Um, great facial page. Check it out. Yeah. Um, so I work with him. I think. I, I, actually, I, th- I think his entire. Uh, I lost for words, but his his entire scenario. Hmm. Uh, his entire like background is kind of cool yeah. because nobody knows who he is or what he looks like. Well, that's a, that's I have except a me. Yeah, I, I know a, what it looks like. I have a friend like that too. Yeah, he he, he has he goes by a certain name mm-hmm. in person, but then his Facebook name is completely different. So right. no one knows what he looks like, and he doesn't have any pictures of himself posted on social media. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So like New Hampshire, Andy, he's a he's a very avid hiker. Mm. Um, his name is Andre. I'll, I'll let that go. I'm not gonna let his last name go. His well, name, I'm not. Andre, I'm not. Andy. I'm not gonna die um, in the middle of tonight, am I? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> okay. No. Um, no, it's really cool. So he, he, he's an avid hiker. Um, and he, he hikes a lot. I work with him. Mm-hmm. You, uh, it's funny. I mean, hikers and like, uh, I compare it to the military, ruckers, like people mm-hmm. who like love to ruck yeah. and love to like, love, uh, love to hike, are, uh, they're, they're not skinny dudes. 
Uh, they are they are very built people. Like, yeah. They are they are thick. Um, them burly burly bearded yeah, big, men. Big big burly man. Burly bearded man. Yeah. Um, like the, I'm I'm, them, I'm a pretty big dude and I can big I can hike and huck and ruck yeah huck and ruck when I want to. Mm. Um, I'm also lazy. So yeah, dude. Some <laughs> of the hike that kind of gets like, me a lot. But that's one of the cool things about hiking, though, dude. Is that you can, you can take your you, time. Yeah, you can take your time, take dude. Your time. And that's dude. It's the same thing with climbing, dude. Is mm-hmm. that like anybody, anybody. You know, I want to say the biggest thing that comes with climbing is that it comes in regard to people overcoming their fear at first. Yeah. You know, like with the heights and everything like that. And dude, I get it. I'm and not, that's and that's the thing. It's not the fear of heights that gets me; it's fear of falling. Oh, yeah, that's a better way to put it. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. Yeah, as it comes, yeah, it comes into that is that learning to trust the gear and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I understand because every climber, every climber has been in that situation before. But I find the same similar thing with people that hike like there's hikes out there that aren't so strenuous but it's dude it's, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing to get out in nature dude and just like kind of in kind of just like fucking be out there dude and have yeah. that inner monologue with yourself dude because like remember when we were outside dude yeah. when i told you and i was like i don't know dude i just was like i was like man like when we were out in colorado at the great sand dunes right mm-hmm. we ended up um we went to these small towns dude and there's some of these like it's like it's like wide open fucking plains, right? In Colorado, like tundra type plains. You're at like fucking eight thousand feet in elevation, so cool. And you know you're going through all these places and shit. And then all of a sudden, it's like town, fucking oh, crazy right. navigating through the mountain. And then town. <laughs> and so we we ended up eating at this place. And right next to us was was a was a like a. Uh, white river rafting kind of type thing and this guy walks up to all these kids and he's like are you guys ready to not sleep for three days and i just was like i was like, I was like man this is like some foreshadowing of what the fuck's Hell gonna happen yeah. for us you know and it's like dude we we didn't sleep at all that entire fucking time we were out there but i remember my buddy andy like we were looking at these pile of logs like outside just kind of like you know just regular grocery store and as we were looking at it i was like man do you guys want to buy some some firewood? <laughs> and so both of them, without question, my friend Jesus Chris and Andy, literally just both grab a fucking like they were they were like four or five. You know, you you've seen the the ones at gas stations and stuff like yeah. that. Those logs, they they both just bought like two of those things because I don't know really? what the I I don't know what the wood situation was going to be like where where we were camping. Yeah. Um, but we go and Andy's like, dude, he's like, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to that fire. He's like, dude, it's the he's like it's. It's the best part. He's like, dude, it's the best part. And I remember when we were out uh, camping and I'm like, dude, you know, what's there's like a psychological factor that comes into a fire. It's just so reassuring. Like it Absolutely. just like when it comes to warmth and all that kind of stuff. But dude, can you imagine like in any survival situation and all of a sudden um, you just make a fire and dude, like you just kind of like you can get a little overwhelmed, even emotional in yeah. some regard. Like you just fucking start crying Absolutely. or some shit, you know, like it's it's fucking I, I don't want to say I've ever cried but there was um there was a yeah, there's something mesmerizing yeah. about fire yeah I, I think i think it brings every individual back to their their, their primal instincts about you know mm. flame and fire and heat and like the need to live and survive yeah dude there was a fantastic <clears throat> shot i actually was really glad that i got from you guys it was your arm coming across yeah. the fire pit i was like dude that is such a good shot i was like i was i was so fucking happy mm. what i might do is i might send a print I might get your address after this. Sure. I can send you send you one of those prints with a dick pic afterwards. <laughs> um, but no, there was a it was a um, dude that was a really that was a really um, awesome shot that I was glad um, that you can that you can grab because there's something about fire, man. But the thing is, dude, too, is that when you're in the military, like when I was in the infantry, mm-hmm. like staying up all night 
and you're just freezing your ass off, you know, we're wishing that we could that fucking car outside. Dude. Um, we're wishing <laughs> that and we're wishing that we can have fire, dude. You know, I, and I it like obviously I know why because military personnel are stupid. Ex- well, obviously yes, but it's also that. yeah, it, military personnel <laughs> are stupid, but it's also it's also a threat. Like you know, like we can't have a we can't have a Correct. fire when we're in the defense because right. then the enemy when, would. When, when you are yeah. outside the wire, and sometimes even inside the wire, you can you you can't have something that's going to give away your position. Um, so being you know out there, you can't obviously you're freezing and you, you kind of have to deal with it. But when you are on training missions, yeah, and so does so. I to, absolutely believe they should be able to have a fire, yeah, or some sort of. I mean, I understand. Warmth. Yeah, I understand why you know the, we were never allowed to have fires. But dude, like sitting there now and realizing the takeaway, where I'm like, man, where I've been and what I've done, I'm like, man, I can actually. I've been in some fucking precarious mm-hmm. situations. I'm like, dude, we can actually fucking make fire now. Like, yeah. And dude, I don't know. It's just something where I'm kind of like finding like there's a weird duality between this like this prior history I have where I'm like connecting with my my humanity, you know, like my primal instinct mm-hmm. of like where I was deprived of the ability to make a fire, but yet here I am, you know, out in nature choosing to do these things and I'm like, right. "Wait, I don't I'm not restricted to not having a fire." And then I sit there and I look into the flames and I'm like, "Man, this is just like connecting with my past where mm-hmm. we, we were deprived to not actually make fire in it's, it's situations almost, that were almost an out-of-body experience dude it is it is you know and maybe it's something that we can't really articulate but there's definitely something about being out in nature and just sitting around a fire with someone like it's almost spiritual mm-hmm. in a sense you know like maybe maybe the native we gotta get a fucking native american on the podcast or you know some fucking old tribe down in South America that hasn't fucking been contacted by humans, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, no, something, something you see they'd probably the, fucking cut off our arms channel. and start, yeah, they'd probably start cutting off our arms and fucking eating us and shit. But you know, there's, there's definitely something to be said for, for that kind of stuff, dude, because I just was like, man, I was like, dude, there's something psychological about having a fire, you know, like it's just, it's reassuring in a, in yeah. a sense, you know, it's uh, I mean, obviously it's warming, but like it's, warming to the core yeah like, not not, yeah. not like in the sense of like heating being hot or cold but it's it's warming i think that when people are outside and they're trying to survive it's one of the first things that just like comes to mind is to just make fire because dude it's it's like life you know yeah, it it's is. like it, it's like our our lifeline how we develop maybe maybe that is maybe it is embedded within our within our our subconscious is to actually make fire you know, like without even realizing it, like a fucking beaver uses to plug up wood, you know, right. for a dam. Maybe that's just something that why we're young children, you know, I see my buddy using WD-40 to kill this <laughs> anthill, you know, and I'm just like, okay, well, that's kind of, you it's know. It's just some instinct. Yeah, it's just some instinct you, you, you to need to do this. To fucking be this, commit arson on, you know, this <laughs> fucking neighbor's house or some shit, you know. I'm going to get arrested here. Like <laughs> <laughs> SWAT funny, breaks funny in. Funny bring what are you doing? When I was yeah. a child, I mean, I've always been intoxicated by fire. Um, when I was a child in my parents, growing up my parents' house, we had a, uh, we, we would play with fireworks and we had a stash of, uh, sprinkler, sorry, not sprinklers, uh, what are they, the sparklers, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, dude, this fucking no, that's fine. kids are just, <laughs> fucking kids in the goddamn audio in the background. All right. Uh, so you had the sparklers. So we had sparklers. Yeah, sorry. And I, I was babysitting one night. I was home alone with my two little brothers who are just real. Really mm. young at the time 
and I'm it's like, always, I'm going to go. It was a bad mix. Some young <laughs> yeah. kids and young I say yeah. real young. They were like <laughs> five and six, yeah. five and four. Yeah. Um, Wait, you guys were using fire at five and six? Well, I would, they were. I was okay. All right, nine, yeah, nine, nine years older. Okay, so all right, yeah. I'm yeah. not doing math right now, so mm-hmm. yeah, let's put mm-hmm. that together. Mm-hmm. Um, I could not find so my, both my parents were smokers. I could not find a lighter in the house to yeah. save my life. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I know how to start a fire. I turn the oven on. And okay. <laughs> and I let the coils in the oven get real hot. I like where this is going. And all I, right. I, I stuck one of the sparklers in the oven. Because I just wanted to play with the sparklers. Mm-hmm. So I stuck one of the sparklers in the oven, and I had a bundle in the other hand, and I had this one single sparkler in one hand and all the rest in the other. So I lit one on the oven, and I put the whole bundle <laughs> together, not really thinking, because uh, I was you know, young. Of course. And they all Ex- went off. They all went and off they, at the same time. And I'm not talking like little like foot-long sparklers. These things are like three, four feet long. Yep. Yep. I've experimented with those during Independence Day. Right. July 4th. Yeah. You know, being the, uh, the freedom-loving America that we Fuck are. yeah, dude. Yeah. You don't have <laughs> um, at least three scars from fire as absolutely. a kid. Like, yeah. Dude. Dude. Right there. Yeah. So, dude, what I did as a kid when we had those sparklers was is I took, I took like three or four of them and it was like, it was... You were hardcore if you could light them together, you know? Well, right. I remember, like, what I didn't realize was that they were still completely fucking hot. And so after oh, yeah. I was done using them, like, yeah. I, I took my hand and I went, like, up and down like this. Like, it, I'm, I'm making, like, a jerk-dicking motion with my hand. But it's <laughs> like I rubbed my hand up and down the sparkler and I ended up getting, like, third-degree fucking burns oh, yeah. from this thing. And so they were like, oh, I don't have the scars on my hand. Like, I think my skin outgrew it, but... I grabbed the sparkler after it was done because my aunt asked, hey, Josh, do you want another one? And so I go to like kind of like, you know, you're just, you're just, I don't yeah, realize I it. And so, yeah, then I, I fucking grabbed the the hot part and I ended up like fucking up my hand real Oof. well. Um, and then during the stove, I remember I went and I touched the, the hot, the hot part of a stove it's when I was oil, a kid. Yeah. yeah. And so. I was like six yeah, or seven, and how I you learn yeah. So I, yeah, I was like, don't learn. Yeah, I was like six or seven. I was like, as I, as I put my hand on it, I was like, man, this thing isn't hot. This thing's cold. So like a year went by, and I was like, man, I wonder if this thing's still hot. So I just literally walk up to it. My mom was like cooking stuff, and I literally just walk up to it and just straight up flat, just flat palmed it oh. with my hand, just put it right on the hot pan, and I just heard it like cooking like my sizzled. fucking hand. Yeah, it like sizzled bacon. it. Yeah, dude. And I remember looking at my hand and it was just like there was an imprint, what? but it wasn't, it wasn't it's like, like so like hot. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, yeah. <laughs> Legit a fucking spiral. Yes. It was only first, it was only first That's... possibly second degree burns that I ended up getting. But dude, it fucking hurt, man. It fucking hurt. And that's how you learn, dude. Not fucking well, around the thing, with like, fire. You, you learn not to not play with fire. You exactly. learn how to play with fire. But dude, some people, some people just never learn. And that's unfortunate. Some people just never learn. They just fucking keep going. They don't even give a shit. They just like, like I had this friend, we used to go paintballing. And man, he'd spend more time. I, I would find out his position because he's blowing shit up in the woods and I would just light him up. <laughs> and then as I kept shooting him, he just, he's like chasing at me with fire and shit. And that's how I'd give up. I'd run out of ammo and he would just keep try going. to try to fucking burn me alive. Some shit. You know? <laughs> fucking crazy i don't know if it's paintball at at that point (laughs) you know he's he's throwing actual malt hey man this is a game dude we actually i think i think he made one one day and he threw it in the woods but it was like it was like so actually actually i actually recently learned this uh making a molotov is a felony really i did not know that that. 
I don't know. That so uh, yeah, the even. Uh, you do you want to go make some Molotovs? Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, dude, I got right. this bottle ready. Right, dude, dude, right, let's, let's go. Nah, I'm, I'm not going to waste this whiskey. Yeah, I was. Well, I was going to say we can go shut those kids up outside real quick. <laughs> absolutely. Mm. But that's going to set that tree on fire. Yeah, I, say, I got, I got, I got a bunch of rags. I got a bunch of rags we can use right over there. But um, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, fucking, ma- we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get in trouble for this. Yeah. Whatever. But anyways. Um, I'll just talk. Yeah, dude, I didn't no, realize, no action. Yeah, I didn't realize it was a felony. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Why? I learned that recently. Why? Um, Where'd you learn that? Who'd you hear that from? A buddy of mine who works at a gun shop, who I would assume is a good source of information. Mm, yeah, one of those guys that knows all that shit. Uh, well, he thinks he knows all that shit. Mm, okay. uh, it was one of these conversations where we were talking about felonies because uh, in our in our line of work, we have to know the, the fine line between felonies and not felonies. Or yeah, we go to jail. Yeah, security. Um, yeah. It's, it's not. I mean, yes, it's security. Can you can you can you bring the? There you go. There you go. Yeah, the 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 waves just aren't going up as high. No, that's fine. Um, and my line of work, yes, it's security, but it's uh, it's nuclear security. I work for I, I work for the uh, the nuclear words. I work for the nuclear power plant in Seabrook Station, uh, New Hampshire, where we have to deal with a, quite a bit of stuff. Yep, I've um, heard. I've that's why I uh, I didn't want to go work at. It was either that. Yeah. Or New Boston. I got job New, offers for both. I, I heard New Boston is actually a pretty nice place to work at. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make um, almost n- well, equal to what we're making. I think they I they they make the same. They make yeah. they start at twenty six. Okay, they start at twenty six. Well, I've been here for two years. I just started making twenty six. Yeah, so. they so they well. I don't want to. I don't want to say that I'm that it is twenty six. For my friend that I know that's there, yeah, mid he's a, mid mid to high twenties. We'll call yeah, it. yeah. He makes. I think he. Maybe 24, 25 or some shit. Anywhere between 24 to 26 per hour. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's negotiable, but again, it's contract, so probably yeah, not. Yeah, it's probably not negotiable. Probably not it's negotiable. Probably like time and, yeah. not time and service. Um, um, but, like dude, those guys, those guys over there, dude, they get worked, man. Oh, yeah. They get, they get fucking worked. Dude, security, it's an easy job, mm-hmm. but it's fucking a lot of bullshit. A lot of bullshit, a lot of inconsistent oh, hours. Yeah. Shift work, did I understand? I, oh, I worked, yeah. you know, I worked it. I, I worked know. it. I worked I it. But that's that's the thing is it's uh, it's also some people. It's a revolving door, so you have to cover shifts for people constantly having to move people around, dealing with fucking you bullshit. Gotta, you got to work it's, the shitty jobs to pay for the stuff that you want to do. Yes, exactly. You do. Yep. You want to have so, a nice hobby. You want to go out in the woods. You got to you know pay. You got to put in the hours. Yep. 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 Understood that way. Um, and that's that's why over in New Boston, um, they had a lot. They, they would market it as 40 hours per week, but on average, okay. the guys were working about 60, 60 hours. To 70, yeah, six, yeah, 60 to 70, which some of the guys didn't mind. Um, oh, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, it was just one of those things like they 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 were short-staffed for mm-hmm. what that they were doing. But, you know, you deal with a lot of, yeah, you can deal with a lot of crap working in security, you know. But, um, sorry, where the, how the fuck did we get on this subject? Where were we going with this? Your buddy, your buddy, know. your buddy that was doing something. Uh, he was just telling me that. Uh, oh, Molotov cocktails. Yeah, Molotov, and how, and how yes. it's a, how it's a felony. Yeah, yes, that's, yes, where we, that's, that's where we that's where we ended up going with this. Because I carpool to work, and on the way mm-hmm. to and from, we all talk and gossip around. Dude, that's kind of cool, though, that you guys all carpool together. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I live in you know, I live in Raymond. Mm. Other people live in you know, Manchester to Seabrook. That's area. a commute, dude. That's a commute. A little bit, about thirty minutes. Which, you know, I, dude, I, I fuck, think is average. How the fuck do people commute to Boston every day? You think about that, right? So that was one thing that I was factoring. You're commute to Boston, you're a communist anyway. Dude, so. pretty much, yeah. Fuck bastards. Nah, that was I'm one thing. I'm working in Massachusetts regardless of what. Yeah, dude, that was one thing that I was considering. Yeah. Moving to Denver is like, like yeah, the so commute. Well, the commute, yes. 
Uh, Denver as a state alone, I would be willing to work there or move there just because. I mean, I again, depending on the job, as long as it pays what you're asking, your commute is give or take. Yeah, dude, it's about it's about um, thirty minutes. It seems because what yeah. I'm trying to do is I'm trying to so the company that I'm looking at right now is in Greenwood Village. And south of that is a place called Littleton. Like, dude, it takes two seconds to look it up on right. Google Maps, you know, and get familiar with the area. But um, all my friends live in, like, the northern part of Denver, you know. And one of the biggest things that I was asking was actually the commute and how long it is. Denver, you can get from north to south in about an hour. And I was like, oh, that's not so bad. Okay. You know, from fucking New Hampshire to Boston, though, dude, you know, like, where people make that commute every single day. Dude, I don't know. I couldn't it's fucking do it. About an hour to two, I guess. Dude, fuck where they, you live in dude, New Hampshire. Four, yeah, four hours commute back and forth each day. Yeah. No, 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 you know? no, no, that's not even talking about the traffic. But, dude, people do that every day. That's terrible. I couldn't fucking that's do it. That's terrible. I couldn't do it. The traffic. I mean, unless, unless, unless you're making, like, fucking... 35 40 an hour yeah. like dude there's some guys there's some guys when i was working for um paragon systems the yeah. security agency right so right here in concord right mm-hmm. we we did a couple i did a couple sites in here and uh they were saying that some of the guys make um so they have the actual on-site security guards and then they have what these there's fucking some acronym that these guys work but mm-hmm. basically all they do is they're glorified fucking tsa and they make like $35, yeah. $40 an hour, oh, but they're armed, but they're armed. And they're like, yeah, in order to do that, you have to do this. And I'm like, just to fucking want people to come into the state house. They're like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, and they make 35, 40 an hour. They're oh, like, yeah, I'm like, that's it, fucking it's, stupid it's money. Ridiculous. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to say need, I'm like, they need, TSA, yeah, they need, close. yeah, they need like fucking X amount of years of experience and all this shit and I'm like yeah, you, just to want you, you need 30 <laughs> you need 30 years of experience we're only hiring 20 year olds yeah we need you need 30 years of experience but we you have to be under 20 28 in order to be hired like what the fuck is this like dude I, I just made the cutoff dude I can't be a seal anymore no you know? yeah yeah how cutoff. old are you now 30 yeah I just turned 30 good for you yeah I just turned 30 man yeah, dude, just turned 30. And I'm like, as soon as I started getting that 3-0, like I started yeah, looking I, at I shit turned, differently. I turned 24 this year, so. Yeah. Dude, it's fucking crazy. Dude, it, when I was 24, I had just started school, and I was like, man, what the fuck am I doing? Went to school for engineering for two years. It's like. But I, I, at least you went to school. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I joined the military yeah. and said, you know, I'm going to I mean, join dude, you can still, Dude, you can still utilize. Oh, I know I can. You can still use utilize tuition assistance. You know, you get. Right. If you go to SNHU, you get five classes per term. Right. You get or five classes but per I, fiscal I just, year. I just never did well in the, the classroom setting. Dude, it even the school, online thing doesn't sound very good. Oh, dude, it's so fucking, uh, actually, dude, so fucking shitty. Kind of, I'm not going to lie. Kind of to tie it back to the, uh, the, the bushcraft portion of this podcast, um, there is a school here in New Hampshire mm. that will take the GI Bill, but it's a bushcraft school. Well, dude, have you thought about have you thought about doing something like that? Like, I have. Have you thought about doing some guiding stuff or like taking a pay cut to do something like that you know my, my thing is i do not want to take the pay cut yeah that's unfortunately well that's in, that's in a my, that's a big thing you know and where, where my bills line up i can't take the pay cut right now maybe in a year or two yeah. after the wedding after you know expenses kind of even themselves out yeah maybe um but the, the job that i'm at right now I, i'm not gonna leave yeah it. dude there are some guys that so dude guides like actual guides, dude. Some of them make fucking jack oh, shit. Oh, guides, guides they make, make ridiculous amounts of money. But I, they, I don't well, know. I don't what know I, what, I, what well I, well, no, what I mean, what I mean with guides is that they actually don't make any money. Is like the, maybe here's, not here's, here in New Hampshire. Yeah, here's no. the trade off. Here's the trade off: is that like 
again, don't quote me on this, but <laughs> they some of let's say some of them don't make the money, but they love what they do because they're outside. Right. I mean, I mean, they I, love I, they I, love what I, they do, and you know that's all that. That's, I, I, that's it's kind of the same with fishing game officers. Fishing yeah. game don't make a whole lot of money, but if you love the wilderness and you you know you you pride yourself on you know yeah catching the bad guys who are breaking the laws and you know harvesting animals without you know their their tags and out of season and like you want to preserve the wildlife that we have and all the fucking you know, all hands to you hmm. um but you're they're not getting paid no what they is that should be is that something that you would do would you do like that would you use that gi bill to go through that bushcrafting yeah to go through that absolutely bushcraft? i would did yeah. you seem like a very hands-on kind of type guy you know yeah, like that, you that's, that's kind of how i learned i need to be mm. in the field you need to be you need to be at. do it yeah. I need to be like working with my hands like, hey, this is how you do it. Okay, do it. Dude, and that's the biggest thing too with school, dude, is that like right now I'm sitting down and I'm looking at like it's all so I'm in I'm in the very I'm in the last two portions of my course, mm-hmm. right? And I'm listening to these questions that the course is asking. And these last two courses are it's basically a giant culmination of everything that you're doing or that you've learned. Mm-hmm. But the questions are worded a weird way that I'm like yeah, that's the end of the coffee. Sorry, it's a very bottom, <laughs> bottom, bottom of the yeah, bottom, bottom of the thing. couple yeah, of sips. Bo- it tastes like tar right there. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, dude, it's the final culmination of everything, and it's just like, it's, I'm like, what the fuck are these people asking? I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, so to tie in everything to answer the question, I always relate to experience, like firsthand knowledge of like what I've done or right. where I've been. And it always relates to the military. So it's like, when is over planning? When when is over planning a bad thing? And I'm just like, well, let me tell you something, and then you know, and then I go into learn you something right here. Yeah. So I use like I use like firsthand experience, but I can back it up with with citations and references, and you know, you can tie it all together the way that they want it to. But that's how I learn, man. Is that like you know these these people that are 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 years old? I can understand why school gets fucking boring because, dude, I feel I feel like I don't want to say I haven't learned anything, but I learned more being in the infantry in the marines about life mm-hmm. than college ever taught me you know right. like i i know i know that, that, that's, that's, yeah. that's real world knowledge yeah that's like knowledge i know that you're actually going to use i, I can't yeah. tell you the last time i i used calculus in real life you know like unless unless you're applying Never. it to yeah unless you're applying it to go to like a certain a certain school right. or you're applying it to like engineering or something yeah, you know, like if you're an engineer, yeah, you're going to be cow. But even even then, engineers will be like, when the fuck was the last time? You know, unless like you're some right. lead engineer, you know, some systems architect fucking doing something for some big firm or you're up there doing all that stuff. Like, dude, you know, the average person, like to get to get a general education, you know, like that's why getting out in the outdoors, dude, it does so much more than being like, hey, write a six page paper on like why why water is clear or some shit you know like i'm not fucking i'm not learning anything here you know like i'm just writing a paper but that's why like knowledge is so that's why experience trumps it absolutely trumps knowledge you know and that's why i think most people in the military are like so hands-on you know like they work with their hands and you know a large majority of them you know are welders or whatever you know people that people that work with their hands have a different they they have I mean, a different they have the, a, the smart guys in the military take jobs that they can transfer to real one yeah, real life you know I unfortunately was not one of those guys you know and that was the same thing too is that like being in the infantry that job didn't transfer at all but like you get older and you have these like 18 19 year old kids that are like oh fucking 
fucking pogues fuck it's like dude it's like it's like it's like okay you fucking it's these new kids it's like yeah it's like it's like it's like dude all right it's like yeah it's like okay cool man they really haven't grasped the whole thing yet yeah it's like all right cool man good for you give it 10 years and then you're gonna and it's not it's not to say that the people and dude my hat's off to those people in in combat arms that do that shit full time and and they fucking they they got do it 20 plus years those guys that do that shit man their bodies just fucking oh dude and, and they put it through they, they put themselves through it day by day and I, my dude, hats off to them i couldn't do dude, it i couldn't do it either man i did i did four years just in the like, regular, I'm, like i'm also like i'm, I'm good with like yeah. going into the woods and like putting myself to, yeah. to, to some things but at mm. some point i'll call it quits i'm not dude, there's no way there's yeah there's no way that i like there's there's a part of me that kind of wishes i went like special forces or at least tried right. you know and i think that most people think like that but the I, thing I, is, is i think that, at least Everybody in the military thinks that at least one point yeah. in the military career, like, oh, I should have done something. More. Yeah, I should have done something better. You know, like there was there was a guy um, that I was talking to. I'm not going to say any names. I'm not right. even going to mention when I was talking to this person because they probably might be listening. But <laughs> it was like it was like we were talking about special forces, and I immediately knew that I would peer this motherfucker out. Yeah, as soon as he said that he wanted to like go into special forces, like, dude, there is no way that you would. Like I, was, I just, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I'm like, dude, I've been out with snipers, and the way that these guys I, I, I operate, mean, I, I mean, you have more you know, military uh, but, experience but, than I have. I've, I've never you yeah. know, gone to a combat zone. I've never been outside the wire per se. Um, but dude, the thing is, is that like even when you guys are all working together, in mm-hmm. when you're in that environment with bushcrafting, you know, like a large majority of Americans getting back to that consumerism, getting back to that sense of individuality, you know, like. It takes team to get out alive, you know. Like there's, there's. It's not about me. No. It's about the collective. Like yes, it is about me, and it's about the person next to, to you. To an extent, to an extent, you know. Like, but there's a balance with, right. with I mean, that. If, if you're if you're yeah. out there by yourself, then obviously everything relies on you. But exactly. if, if you're out you know? there with, you know, more than one person, it, it's 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 push and shove. It's you know yeah. how you guys can collaborate together. It's yeah. How you guys can rely on one another. Like, dude, I like you guys were, you know, working together with your filter that you had, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, horrible with fucking names. I'm sorry. Your uh, friend, Mike. Mike? Mike? Yep. Mike. Mike. Yeah. Mike that had the actual filter, right? Right. So you guys are like, all right, I'm, I'm curious. I'm like, all right, you know, so I, I say, I'm like, hey, man, so like, what's that? You know, I started asking questions about that filter. And mm-hmm. then he provides that knowledge and he's like, yeah, dude, so the, the, protozoa or whatever that we would have up here that would essentially be in the water is different than would be out west right now if i'm if i if i walk up to him and i say i'm like oh dude you know what the fuck you're talking about you know like you can't be coachable or you're not you're not you're not open to the idea you know like dude those guys people that do that they they we need a place for those kind of leaders or those those types of people do but it's but at the same time yeah yeah but at the same yeah it's a very kind of like narrow niche kind of type thing that those people will fall into a certain role you know um and i've actually quoted this before i don't know if you've heard this on one of my previous podcasts with sebastian junger where a bunch of these Mm -hmm. miners were actually caught in this in this yeah so so there was there was a there was a bunch of miners that were stuck underground and um what took place was that there's different roles that happen in (laughs) yeah there's 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 go on yeah so there's different roles that will happen in what takes place within a a group of leaders right? right so there's at first these miners realize that this situation is a very dire situation so this person that steps up has a very aggressive 
a very kind of like like what we would consider alpha, but that's a whole yes. other story. This yeah, very right. aggressive A-type personality in order to get through the situation. We're not going to fucking let, well, let's go. We're going to get the yeah. fuck out, you know. Like we're, and all we're, of a sudden, we're doing this. We're going to get, we're gonna we're get gonna out of here, guys, this you know. what's going to happen. Exactly. So he's taking charge with this taking aggressive. That, that role. Exactly, with that role. So these people are like, okay, dude, all right. Maybe, all right, cool. I'll all right, dude, all right, cool. Let's, let's do this, man, you know. But then all of a sudden what happens is, is they realize the gravity of the situation and then they realize that they actually can't escape. Yeah. Now what they need is that this aggressive leader actually kind of steps down for a second. Mm-hmm. And then what you notice is that now people are in the dark. Now imagine this, right? You're sitting in the dark by yourself. Your batteries start giving out. Situation mm-hmm. seems hopeless. Hey, are they going to come rescue us? All these inner monologue things start happening. Self-dialogue, doubt, all these things. People start looking more towards what they call the spiritual leader. Mm-hmm. So now you have more people that have a passive persona where they right. step up and they say, hey, man, Dude, we're going we're gonna to get out of here alive. We're going to be fine. Where they're not so aggressive, but they're willing to reassure someone else. So that's what they start always needed. Like the, yeah. the reassurance is always needed yeah. there. But you, you do need that. Um, we'll refer to the, the term of alpha. You need that, that initial push. The yeah. Push. You need you know, someone who's gonna be like, "Hey, we need to do this." Someone with a plan. Someone who's like, "Hey, someone who, someone who you can you can have that individual who's like, yeah, you know, don't worry, we're gonna get out of this.' But you need someone who's gonna come up with a plan, like, how are we gonna, yeah, how are we gonna get out? Of and this? It, and that's how they that's how they kind of look at the different dynamics that people have in regard to their personalities, you know. So if you're in a survival situation, right, you know, it's the exact same thing with bushcrafting where you guys are giving each other shit. Right. But I can observe, I can observe as like I'm very observant in regard to all the different personalities that I've. Yeah. I've mingled with, you know, this girl um, we drill with, she says to me, she's like, Josh, I feel like you can get along with anyone. And I'm like, yes and no. I'm like, yes and no. I'm like, I can get along with a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I can get along with people. But to a certain extent, I have my I have my boundaries. I was like, I've been conditioned for the ability to be real flexible with people. Right. You know, and as a journalist, I'm just naturally I'm naturally curious. (laughs) Natu- yeah, I'll take a little bit more. Sure. I'm naturally. Uh, that's good. That's good. That's good. I'm naturally. I'm naturally curious. Just the tip. Um, I'm naturally. Uh, I'm naturally. I have. I have. Yeah. I'm naturally curious as to how the dynamic between different people and all the different people I've gotten along with. You know, because what's weird is that when you deal with the military, like the active military, everybody comes from all these different backgrounds, right? Right. And then I join like. Especially the Marine, the Marine infantry. There's something you have, you have a very different perspective because you've gone yeah. from one branch to another. Yeah, which I mean, I, I can tell you because at least my, my understanding is once you go Marine, you, you don't go anything else. Well, the Marines also have a very high problem with retention, <laughs> and there's a there's I a mean, reason yes, for that. Yes, they do. Yeah, there's a reason for that is because it. it you can't re- dude. There's just a lot of bullshit. There's just a lot of bullshit, and, and it's all based on merit, and mm-hmm. it's also based on image. Yes. And so, a large majority of the time, where you can see that, like, imagine with the New Hampshire National Guard, where people are worried about their image, or people are worried about what something looks like. You know, um, it all comes down to a career progression, which you see the exact same thing with politicians. Where politicians are serving a lifelong thing. They're oh, right. worried about they're, their. They're, they're there until they. Yeah, you know, they're worried. They die. Of, yeah, they're worried about their self. They're worried about their preservation of their career. But the problem is, is that where do you draw the line between being a good leader, but also preserving your career so that you can progress mm-hmm. for yourself? 
you know, right. and it's understood like, hey, people want to progress in the military because they have family that they have to take care of or whatever. You know, if they go up to bat for someone and that's going to cost them their career, then it's one of those things like, where do you draw the balance, you know? But that was one of the biggest things in the Marines, which was just the bullshit that takes place. I just couldn't take it. I mean, I yeah, take right, it. I've spent my, my six years in the military career of a National Guard here in New Hampshire, so I don't, I don't know firsthand mm. how, A, how Marines work. Or be how active duty soldiers not, work, dude. I, honestly, I don't really think that there's. I don't want to say that there's much difference. Mm-hmm. I would just say that the matter of like the, it's more militaristic and it's more like it's the exact same thing as you would with the guard. It's yeah. just a prolonged like. It's just every. It's day, just every day. day. day it's just no, every day. No but breaks. the thing is, yeah, the thing is, is that no, I mean, like you get breaks. Yes, um, but the bullshit's always there. The bullshit's always there. Like when, when I leave yeah. drill, I can, you know, all right, that bullshit's cool. Yeah. It'll, but that's be, the it'll, it'll be there when I show yeah. up next month. But, but dude, that's the beauty of the guard, though, man, is that people realize, like, they have a different skill set that they bring because they have a real job. Mm-hmm. Whereas you have these people that are in the military, and my hat's off to them if we're doing it, but they don't have any... They don't have any other thing that they want to do except do their 20 years. Right. And they take on the identity of what it is that, that they're doing. Now, here's the problem is that you're going to hit you're going to hit the civilian sector eventually. It's inevitable. Right. It's inevitable that you're going to hit. No, no one stays in until they well, can't say no one stays in until they die. Yeah. Knock on wood. But, you know, Poor people out, people are going to hit the civilian sector Anytime, you right. know, it's regardless. Whether and, it's well, either your four-year contract, your six-year, eight-year, twelve-year, yeah. whether they do, whether, whether they do, you're twenty and get out, you're going to hit the civilian. Yeah, eventually. and some and sometimes people take that step back, and it impacts them just as much as it would if they only did four years. You know, so when these guys get out and they lose that sense of kind of like duty, or they lose that sense of like who they are, they I wouldn't they, even say it's who they are. It's it's their placement in society. Like yeah. in the military, everybody knows where they are and what their job is, and. I'm not going to say you know civilians because yeah, it's know all that, it's all rank. They don't know, you know that. Yeah, it's all rank. It's just it's it's a different form of stressors that come up right. in the military versus the civilian side. Like, dude, picking a picking a thing is cereal, right? Yeah. Like, I remember when I first came home, like I was walking through the fucking supermarket with my girlfriend, and she's like, like "Hey, no, no one's telling me which one to pick. I don't yeah. know what to do." You know, well, it was just weird because I had first come back from Afghanistan, and she's like, "Hey, what do you want for this?" And I'm just like, "I have." I, well, I started I started getting angry. Because it's such a simple decision to make, but it required so much effort. Right. And it takes a little bit for your mind to kind of navigate that, how to deal with coming back at first, you know. And it's just like I got so fucking angry and mm-hmm. just like like being out and having to pick up like, you know, food. And it's, it was just – It's little things. Uh, dude, small things. Small things. But, dude, that's why, that's why like being in nature and like bushcrafting – is even anything like that? It's dude, just calming. Dude, it's so important. It's so important to do this. It's primal. You know, getting back in touch with. I think. Well, here's here's an interesting thing that I notice about men in the military. Right? Is that like there's a there's a weird thing that we do is that we adopt old warrior type culture. Right? Yeah. Is that I've seen yeah, pictures on I've yeah I've seen pictures online where men are like we're modern day Spartans and then all of a sudden we adopt all of this military type warrior culture right. where that crosses multiple yeah, that, different that, that, that multiple yeah multiple different strong, civilizations very very strong yeah multiple different civilizations and what i mean by multiple different civilizations is it comes oh we're modern day spartans and then we embrace the aspect of like 
we're gonna go if we die we're going to Valhalla right which you is know? You know the whole, the whole which Viking, is Norse pagan yeah Norse exactly you know these people that paint themselves and they just you know, the, the, the only way yeah. you know, the only way you're gonna get into you know that afterlife is if you die in yeah. combat yeah and then we take on same thing even with like Native American culture dude you know like it, it can even extend that far you know where these people will say like depending on what you know as, as Americans where we're such a diverse nation it's it's really cool seeing how some people embrace that that warrior mentality but the way that sebastian younger breaks it down is he breaks it down as like um more as a protector because what takes place is that there's actually an experiment that took place in stanford i was actually watching it it's called the stanford prison experiment you ever heard of it i have it's on it's a you have netflix I do, dude. It's on Netflix. You every, should. You every, should. Every modern day soldier. Every modern day. Um, <laughs> Everybody's got Netflix nowadays. Everybody's seen that. Seen that big old dick, 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 <laughs> dick documentary. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but dude, it was actually oh, big, big, big dicks, big dicks anonymous. Um, no, they. Uh, it was a prison experiment at Stanford University, and what they wanted to do was they wanted to basically mimic prison. And what okay. what they did was there was a psychologist. The the he's I think he's still alive today, or maybe he died at like maybe he's, maybe he died. I think he died recently. I'm not sure. Okay. But um, anyways, yeah. So it took place in 1971, right? And what they wanted to do was they wanted to mimic an actual prison. Mm-hmm. And so they interviewed these students that were on the school grounds during summer. And so the reason why they did it during the summer was that they wouldn't be really um, they wouldn't be kind of interrupted at all and uh the only real differences between the prisoners mm-hmm. and the guards was that the experiment was going to span for two weeks okay and so they were like hey i want to do you want to be a prisoner or do you want to be a guard oh, i'll be a prisoner because no, i think it's I'll do I, this i think it's a little bit easier right well, what ended up happening was within the first two days dude you should you should check out the documentary yeah, they, they threw these kit they 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 basically like at first it was kind of like oh hey ha 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 you know this is a joke this is just yeah. for, you know, for but science what, but what the psychologist ended up coming up with was he called it the lucifer the lucifer cycle or the lucifer method okay. and it's a seven step thing of what actually takes place is you have the first step which is basically something so small mm-hmm. so one of the students is sitting there eating and he's like you're going to finish he's like you're going to finish your meal and they're all kind of like oh ha 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 you know like taking it jokingly right yeah. Well, he slams his baton down on the ground. You're not allowed to physically hit the the, the psychologist yeah. was acting as the warden okay. right, or the, the person that's leading the experiment. It was, he was actually acting as the warden. And he says, he's like, you're not allowed to physically hurt the prisoners. You can't hit you can't hit the other students or anything like that. After about a week or after the first week, they had two weeks, mm-hmm. the experiment was shut down just after six days. Really? Because what had happened was, is the students were actually taking on the guise of being prisoners, and they were called by their number. They were in the yeah, like responding to yeah, and, and the guards, to the like, guards, prisoner now. This the is, guards this got is my life exactly, and the guards actually took on the role extremely seriously, and it only took a few days because they started sleep depriving these prisoners. Eight six one two eight six zero seven. Now here's the here's the weird part is that you want to know the difference between those men that were acting evil and the men that were acting as the victim? Sure. The flip of a coin. Yeah. So you have men that can be good and you have men that can be evil. And you're being forced to be one or the other. And you see the exact same thing in the military is how do you determine what is evil and what is not? 
because what is the definition of evil? Does evil even exist? It's one of those philosophical questions of we're imposing our ideas on the Afghan people, much like we did when we were in Vietnam, Mm -hmm. much like we did when we were in Europe, much like we did in the Japanese during World War II. But those were kind of more accepted ethical things because we were we were perceived as the good guys of what they did to us from this we, is an from, act from our knowledge exactly yes. this is what they did to us they declared war on us so they are the embodiment of evil right they, you know yeah. and they were fucking killing we're, we're fighting for good they're fighting for evil whereas exactly. they think they're fighting for good but, we're fighting for evil exactly but now and it's declared war but now the lines start to get very blurred nice as a yeah, good neck crack. now the lines start to get a little blurred in modern man this whiskey's fucking (laughs) good shit but the lines now become a little bit more blurred in our modern understanding of what war is so like does it take a man that understands that deep understanding of evil but he can he has to control that good but is he ever going to be good or does he just deeply understand what can actually take place in certain aspects of the world because dude being in Afghanistan all those people have intricate stories Mm -hmm. they have very deep intricate stories and you know these people that i'm not going to fucking talk shit about feminism or anything like that but um i'm reading this book right now called no good men among the living and it's by anand gopal and he embedded within the taliban and one of the only western journalists to do that well he looks he 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 looks like he could he doesn't look like your average white male that's in the united states right but what he says is that there's a saying that he ended up encountering when he was there. And he said, a man loves his wife and he, if he only uses his fists and feet when he beats her in Afghanistan, right? Yeah, the husband loves his wife if he only... He's, he's being nice if he only uses his fists and his feet. Yes. And there was a man that ended up killing his wife because she was not deemed pure enough. You want to know who ended up actually holding her down as the husband ended up killing her? The rest of the women that were were his other wives. The women ended up holding her down, and then they ended up the husband killed her. But mm-hmm. it was the women Go that ahead, ended up that ended up essentially, I don't want to say ratting her out, but they realized that she wasn't essentially living up to the expectation that she should according to religion. Now, is mm-hmm. that is that based on fear? Or is that bait? Like, is that is that good and evil? Like, is that evil in our eyes? You know, like, how does yes. that? How, that's a weird. The lines start becoming real blurred. So when we go over there and we try to impose our ideals on these people, it's already like, going to be. That's already a different can of worms. Yeah, you know, like that's why it gets real confusing. And so for these men to come back home and we embrace the embodiment of like Valhalla, and right? Fucking modern day Spartans, and then all of a sudden, like we come back home and it just seems so confusing. You go back to your modern day life, of like, yeah, where none of that even is no. relevant. You know, and that's why I think that when they first get out, it, beca- it can be really daunting, it can be real confusing. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's why I like to get outside and to go bushcrafting, to suck each other's dicks in nature, <laughs> you know, do all sorts of shit. You know, like it gets real. <laughs> The lines don't become as blurred. Plus, you stay warm, you know. Right. Um, yeah, but definitely stay, yes, definitely stay warm. Um, but the lines become less blurred. But mm-hmm. I think that they lose kind of what that sense of purpose is. They lose that idea of being a protector, you know. Right. And I think that even with I Bush, mean, you, you come home from this completely different world where you've been taught, you know, you, you need to protect this country. You need to protect this country. This is how you're mm-hmm. going to protect this country. You're going to kill these people. And you yeah. come home where it's like, 
well, I'm not doing anything I've been taught. I'm not yeah. doing anything I've been told. I'm not being told to do anything. What do I do? Yeah, dude, you're, even... You're even just helpless. Dude, even being coming back from drill, dude. Like, you know, like even, even weekends when we would drill. Like, man, I would... I'd be in my room for like two days and I just wouldn't want to talk to anyone. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, I just need kind of like time, time to kind of like come back down. And I'm just like this mo- emotionless animal. And it mm-hmm. comes back from like my time in the Marines where, you know, like we just... It, I don't think the army had anything to do with it. It was just my time in the Marines. You come back and you're just so fucking emote, like just, right. just mentally drained, you know, and you're just like trying to kind of like put everything, trying to compartmentalize your thoughts and try to figure everything out. But yeah, dude, I think that being out in nature is definitely, it's definitely a good thing, especially oh, yeah. dude, bushcrafting and being a dude, fucking working security and the monotonous aspect of life, dude, it's so important. You know, mm-hmm. what do you, what do you really what do you think you really gain from being out like bushcrafting and doing all that I mean, kind of I, stuff? I, I gain serenity. Like I gain yeah. like peacefulness. Like I, I know that, you know, obviously, you know, outside world is outside world. When I'm out in the woods and I'm doing bushcraft shit, like I know that I'm, you know, myself. I, yeah. I, it calms me. Yeah. I, I feel peaceful. Yeah. Do you notice a significant change when you kind of like, do you, do you feel a little, like, do you feel a little kind of like, I don't want to say depressed when you go back to work? Or like when you're walking out, I, I, I wouldn't say depressed more or less because I kind of, I, I, I yeah, kinda, depressed. I kind of like my job. Mm. Um, depressed is kind of the wrong word to say. I would say, do you feel kind of like a little, like you know, when you're kind of like when you come back from like vacation or something, yeah. and you, you're you're kind of like coming back, and you're like, oh fuck, like you know, I really yeah, want to stay ba- here, ba- back at it again. Yeah, here yeah. we are. I, obviously, like if I got, like, I think everybody goes through that. I wouldn't say uh, depressed. I, I think depressed is the yeah, wrong no, word. Yeah, the wrong yeah. term. Yeah, um, it's the the word is like you're feeling you're you're you're. You're adjusting back to yeah. the normalcy, or you're you're adjusting back to the grind. Yeah, you know, adjusting back to the I grind. Think everybody of, goes through that, regardless of what they do yeah. for work or what they're doing for their vacation. Yeah. Shit, even before they go on vacation, you yeah. know, even before they like, um, like you, you wake up like, all right, back at it. Yeah, you know, you, you work in a really long week and you've just had it with your with your coworkers. Like, yeah, I don't want to see this guy. I, I don't want to talk to this guy, but yeah. you go in. Like, oh. he, he's the first guy you see. Yeah, he's the first person. He's the see. only guy you talk to that day. It's like, all right, this is just a terrible day at work. Yeah, yeah. What do you um? What are your plans for um? I like, I don't really have any plans. I'm kind of mm-hmm. just doing my own thing, and I'm I'm, I'm documenting it. Uh, I take pictures. I post on Instagram and take videos and kind of just seeing where it goes. I mean, if it picks yeah. up and people like what I'm doing, maybe I'll do some more things, but I'm kind of just doing whatever I want to do. So, dude, when you when I ended up leaving that day, what would you guys end up doing in the woods? Um, unfortunately, we didn't do a whole lot. Okay. Um, because it ended up raining. <laughs> yes, it did. It did. That's it why did. I, was like, I, was, uh, I was like, man, we, you we guys should are... have. I mean, we, we, we did. We prepared. We brought tarps and all kinds of rain gear, and we were we were prepared. But that first day in, we none of us were ready for that five, ten mile hike, however long it ended up being. Dude, I took I took the next day off from yeah. So I went I went climbing that same oh, so day. You, you did it, yeah. So climbing. dude, I, I well I came home and I napped for three hours, oh, and then I, and then I went. So, so yeah. you drove all the way up there, mm-hmm. hiked out with us, hiked out by yourself, mm-hmm. five thirty six o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm gonna call it dark. He might say it's not dark. It was dark. It was it was 7:30 when I woke up, and it was dark still. So yeah, we were in the middle it, of nowhere. Yeah, I actually have a picture. Um, so of that so he drove home again. So it was an hour drive up. I'll give him an hour drive home, and then he went to bed for a little while. Then he got up and went rock climbing. <laughs> yep, I am good. I'm, I I yeah. love the woods. I love being out in the wilderness. I am not gonna go do that, <laughs> dude. So it, kudos it, to you, dude. It it 
it, I was I was climbing with a friend, and it, yeah, it took it took a little bit I just to. Uh, there's more than one cat here. Yeah, there's two. There's one. There's one. Yeah, that's Stella. Oh, she's fine. Oh, dude, she she loves people. Yeah, she loves people. No, oh, no, dude, this is. Um, I thought this whiskey was getting to me. Oh, dude, I have a. So what what did you guys actually? So you said you didn't do a lot. So I said we what, did a lot. We accomplished um, one thing. <laughs> okay, so what did you guys Which do? Wasn't a whole lot. Uh, we built we built bushcraft chairs mm-hmm. um, because the, the, there was a fire pit provided at the campsite, which is awesome. That was provided by the wildlife people who built the, the little structure there and who have maintained mm-hmm. the. Uh, if you need some water, you can buy some. Okay, yeah, yeah I don't like water fish pee in it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so there's a there's a little I'll call it a cabin. There's a cabin there. Um, there's platforms there. Everyone, everything provided by the people who take care of that site. Um, so we kind of wanted to do bushcraft and also kind of give back to that site for allowing us to stay there free of mm-hmm. charge because nobody has to pay to stay there. No, it's so cool, right? Yeah. It's amazing. So if anybody listening, if you live in New Hampshire and you have, you know, a day or two, even even if you just take a couple of hours to hike out there and take a look at it, it's amazing there. Oh, dude. Uh, oh, my God, dude. It was so, so serene. Sawyer River Pond Trailhead. It's off 302. Um, amazing. Amazing time. So, I mean, you, you can look it up online. Look it up on Instagram. Hashtag Sawyer Pond. Mm-hmm. I took pictures of it. I posted it. looks amazing. Um, we created a couple chairs that are just made out of sticks and twigs and whatever, and they're they're, they're structurally sound. So it's we, we took down a uh, a dead sapling that had fallen because mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't believe in cutting down trees. Too. Yeah, because dude, I was actually amazed that, that you guys the ethics that you guys still uphold even when you're out in Absolutely. the woods. Absolutely, I, mean, I, I understand the whole leave. Uh, you know, you come in, leave no trace when you leave. Yeah, you, know, you use what's there for the surroundings, but then you you know you leave and you make it look like you weren't even there. So I I, I fully believe in that. Um, we. we so we, we took down a sapling that was already fallen. We cut it up and we made a chair. Um, I don't. I don't need the camera to record, so I'll show you after. <laughs> um, so it, it, essentially, you you take a uh, you take a tree or a, a long fallen stick, I guess I'm gonna call it a tree, um, and you cut it into x amount of sections and you create an A-frame, and then you lash around the top of the A-frame, and then you lash a, uh, a stick along the cross to make it the fully functional A-frame. And you create a secondary A-frame. Okay. And you slide them together, kind of, uh, here's, here's your A-frame with my fingers, and you kind of slide it through like that. Okay. And then you lash those two together so they lean down on each other. Okay. And then you, so across the bottom of that A-frame. Can you just get a little closer, a little closer? Oh, yeah, so, yeah. So, so across the bottom of that A-frame, you would layer sticks. Mm-hmm. And everything's held together with uh, what we use is a... Uh, Number thirty six uh, bank line, mm-hmm. which is a kind of a bushcrafter staple. A lot of people use it. it's very strong nylon cord. Doesn't like to break very easily. Um, yeah, because I know a lot of people like to use like in the military they like to use five fifty. Uh, five fifty cord and paracord is amazing yeah. things. I mean, you, you can do so many things with paracord. Oh, dude, so much, funny. so much. Yeah, it's, it's such a useful thing. Whoever, I mean, I, I to my knowledge, I don't know who created paracord, but do I? But fantastic, dude. Even cordette, if you're looking yeah. into climbing cordettes, another another really good thing that five fifty cord is usually good enough. Just because yeah. it's it's whether it comes to the, yeah when it, yeah when it comes to when it comes to the elements and all that kind of shit it's really good. I you mean, know. if you're going but, anywhere in the woods, even if you're going camping, you don't plan on using it. Bring fifty feet of paracord. Yeah. If 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 you don't use it, cool. If you use it, you have plenty of. Oh, cord dude, there. we were we were out in. Um, speaking of of bushcrafting, we were out in. 
place called Lima Five out in Camp Lejeune, and yeah. it was um, it started fucking raining on us. And uh, dude, so we they they told us, hey, it's a th- we thought we were going to be going back on a Friday. Yeah. Uh, or excuse me, we thought we were going to be going back on a Thursday. They're like, oh, wrong. Yeah, fucking exactly. So they're like, oh, we're not going back till Friday. We're get we got enough. Yeah. So we conserved our ammo for the day. We we just basically ran a bunch of dry runs on the range for that day, right? Well, that night we didn't expect it to rain because we thought we were going to go back. We we basically we go out Wednesday. Mm -hmm. We thought we were going to spend the night. Well, it wasn't going to rain, and then we're going to come back Thursday, and we're going to be good, right? Well, fucking lo and behold, you know. (laughs) Oh, no, you guys are going to be out there till Friday. And, Shocker. Yeah, Typical so, military, yeah, so not planning like, ahead. Yeah, so we're like, fuck. All right, well, some logistic issues came up with Transpo, so we're going to be out till fucking Friday, right? Well, we end up realizing, like, fuck, dude, we don't have tents. We didn't, we didn't get supplied tents. It's supposed to fucking rain tonight. So what we all did was we were like, okay, getting back to that aspect of teamwork. It's like, all right, all right, guys. Come in, everybody bring it in. Like, this is what our, our leaders are, you know, our team leaders and squad leaders. And we're all, it's not actually like our actual squads. Basically, right. they just pulled a bunch of different guys to train while other guys are at school. And so I'm, my squad leader is like from a different platoon and, you know, whatever, whatever. And that's, that's what's people, so People you know, but you don't, yeah, you, you don't dude, typically yeah. work under. Yeah, so you're yeah, like, dude, all right, yeah. how's this going to go? Yeah, this is, it's pretty cool, you know, working with, working with different guys. And, you know, some of them are fucking assholes, but, you know, what can you do? But usually, they basically, they're just, uh, yeah. at least Mili- one. Military is an interesting group of people, man. Oh boy, fucking a! But uh, anyways, oh, yeah. um, so he's like, "Hey, Bovard, do you have your?" He's like, "Do you have your poncho?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." He's like, all right, well, I want to be sure you still get your poncho or your your tarp together when we're done. He's like, "So what we're gonna do is the tarps actually, you know how they have the little buttons on them?" Yep. So we string all the fucking tarps together. Oh yeah. We go out and we clear this whole fucking section of dirt. Right mm-hmm. now, Lima Five is also kind of like North Carolina is also infamous for snakes. Oh, yeah. So we try to fucking find, like, a place where there's going to be, like, no yeah, snakes. No snakes. Well, the snakes yeah, going to be yeah, to go. Yeah. And, but we can't build a fire because of range control. Right? So we all come together. Another stupid thing the military has in place. Exactly. Right? Fucking range control. Let these Marines freeze. Let these soldiers freeze because, you know, yeah. range control says no fires because yeah, fires are bad. Yeah, dude. It's, it's fires fucking, are bad. And okay. it's, always, it's always that fucking guy that's, like, a former Sergeant Major or some yeah. shit, you know, and he's just whatever. But... We all come together and we string our ponchos together with yep. buttons, dude. And we use 550 cord and we wrap it around these trees. Mm-hmm. And we get this huge fucking poncho that ends up covering good 40, 40 or 50 yeah. fucking dudes. And it only took like 10 ponchos. This dude didn't bring his. This dude didn't bring his. And this one guy didn't bring his fucking sleeping bag because he only thought he was going to need. Or he, right. didn't bring, he didn't bring his bivy sack because he thought that we were only going to be out here. You know, for a day. That's the camaraderie of a a section or of a a whole unit. Like, all right, you fucked up. That's cool. Sucks to be you. We're still going to take care of you. And that's the thing is that, like, everybody fucking doesn't, dude. People don't like each other, man. No, people don't. They don't like each other. As as much as you hate your, you know, your your next soldier or next Marine next to you, you still know you have their back and they have yours. Oh, yeah. Without without doubt. Just because they didn't bring their gear doesn't mean they don't got you. Hmm. You know, but like, that's, oh, I'm sorry, I, I didn't bring my poncho, but hey, I brought a hundred feet of paracord. Well, cool, we're gonna dude, fucking use that, dude. Exactly, that's exactly what happened because <laughs> I didn't bring five fifty at all, and I just was like, I was like, all right, well, I have a tarp, and they're like, all right, cool. So then this is where we start bushcrafting to yep. figure out, yep, I'll, I'll, how the 100% fuck, ca- how the fuck, at, yeah, as bushcraft, how the fuck are we gonna, what materials do we have? 
to it's, fucking it's make. using what materials you have at hand to survive your situation. Exactly. And so we were out there for a day and we're like, all right, cool. So we figured out that. And I was like, all right. So guess what happened that night? <laughs> it ended up fucking raining. Oh, but shocker. Dude, we were all dry. Everybody had, everybody awesome. had, everybody had fucking, we made sure that everybody, because it was actually like summer. So it mm-hmm. wasn't like so cold, right. but it was like that transition. It was like, period. you know, 40, like, 50, maybe, maybe yeah. a little cold, 45 yeah. degrees. I'll yeah. Oh, dude, the fucking humidity is the worst, but I mean, it was, it was, Especially it got there. Yeah. It got a little cold, you know, it got a little yeah. cold. It was around like September. Yeah, that's a new cuddle with your buddy. Yeah, dude. Yeah. You, you put that dick in that butt. You know, oh yeah. Bury that, bury that dick in that butt. You know, do your thing. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we ended up, dude, everybody, everybody had, everybody was able to go to sleep that night dry, which was, right. which was very beneficial for, for everyone, you know, and. All the guys that ended up, you know, what's that? None. Oh, on. My, and, my video cut out. Oh, and all the guys that ended up, you know, having the 550 cord mm-hmm. or, you know, someone didn't bring their shit. Hey, dude, you're going to sleep on the stretcher because you were fucking stupid. And you didn't you're bring, stupid, but we're still going to take care stupid, of you. stupid, but we're, we're going to let you. Yeah, all right. Gonna, you didn't bring anything, so you could just sit in the rain yeah. and you, you sleep in this puddle. Yeah. No, it's but, not, dude, it's you, not see that, that you see that. You see that. As much as the military hates one another, we're still going to take care of you. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. You, you might be the biggest yeah. shitbag Blue Falcon, but we're not going to let you freeze. We're not. Yeah. We're not going to. We're not going to leave you. We're not going to leave you there unless you really piss me off. Even. Unless you really piss me off. Fuck, kick him out of the Humvee. All right, walk, go walk through that minefield. All right, you're still alive. All right, get in, get in the back. All right, you're good. Well, I guess we can't abandon this motherfucker now. But all right, all right cool. good for you. You, you yeah, had the balls to actually do yeah, it. I would have said, Nah, fuck you. No, I would, I would, I wouldn't do that to anyone. But seriously, some motherfuckers do that. I wish sometimes, I, yeah, sometimes, man. I mean, there's sometimes, some, dude. There's, there's some motherfuckers in the military. Whew, who are like, man. Oh yeah, I'm a badass motherfucker. And then well, when, dude, shit, the when push is, comes to shove, you're like, all right, nah, you a bitch. And there's some motherfuckers in the military who are savage, and we're like, yeah, I'll well, walk dude, through this minefield. Like, Fuck you. Well, dude, you know some guys, some guys just do have they they have that tenacity, dude. They have that natural. I applaud that. They have that tenacity, dude, to just fucking be like, man, all right. You know, when I was in, dude, I joined at 18. I was a little bitch, mm-hmm. dude. I was a little timid bitch. Uh, my my first my first deployment, dude. My 19th like, birthday was in basic, so. Yeah, dude, I was, a, I'm not going to lie, I was a little bitch, dude. And here I am, like, watching these guys that are, like, fucking suicide, you know, watching. Well, they responded to a suicide bomber, and they basically told me, like, boy, you're going to stay behind. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, why? They are like, well. Because, you're not ready. Well, they're ba- essentially, yeah, that's what they said. They were like, you're a bitch. And like, you're, you're, <laughs> and a that's ra- fair. yeah, they're like, you're a radar operator. So you're going to stay behind. And I'm like, all right, well, so they responded and I wasn't needed. So they went and responded to like the first suicide bomber. I turned 20 when I was in Iraq. Um, and it took a little bit because, dude, like, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I'm 30 years old now, yeah, you now. know, but like back then, but dude, the, the shit that you know, you've seen, yeah, but dude, shit back, that you've experienced, but dude, back then, like, I lived such a, I don't want to say I lived a sheltered life, but, there wasn't very much knowledge because New Hampshire is very small, you know. So all these guys, when I was in, they were like giving me shit, like, "Oh, Bobear, you fucking little bitch." I'm like, "Dude, well, I don't really, I haven't had much life experience." Like all these other guys, what do you I'm, want from me, man? Like, well, dude, that's I what I'm saying. Anything. Like, yeah, I'm, like I'm, all again, these other, like, I'm, I'm 18, 19. Uh, like I just joined the military. I just got out of high school. What what, what kind of life experience do you think I'm going to get yeah. from being in high school? Yeah, nothing. So all these guys, all these guys around me had gone to college already, and some mm-hmm. of them were fucking former drug dealers. Some of them were whatever. And like that was something that I learned a lot about was life, seeing all these different types of people that you meet, you know, in the military, you know. So it, actually one of them was a drug dealer in New Hampshire, you know, and I used to love standing post with him. Because, I might have met him. Yeah, dude, you might, maybe. 
but I love I love standing post with him because he had some fucking stories, dude. You know, he had some stories. Dude, we've been down in that bottle, man. Oh, that's the cap. Yeah, I don't, dude. I don't even drink this much, but dude, we've been doing I, we've been doing pretty good. I'm doing okay. Um, are you are you feeling good? You gonna be I'm able? Good. You're gonna be able? Okay, Absolutely. cool. I just want to be sure you're gonna be able to drive yeah, home. I got the yeah, I got it. Oh, I got okay. It. All right. Oh, we just be able to walk in a straight line after this, but. <laughs> Fuck. That's okay. You're yeah. home. I'm not. Yeah, dude, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm home. Dude, It's we're going two hours and 15 minutes. That's fine. I'm, I'm on like three minutes of this like fourth video. So. Okay, cool. Cool. <laughs> it um, keeps cutting out. and I mean, hey, your, your charge is still working, so we're good. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's on its last bar. So if you need, I can actually, we can, uh, uh, let me know what your battery's at. What's your battery at? I'm going to stop the video if I check. I'm not worried about it. Okay, cool. All right. Well, once that thing runs out. See what we'll, happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But yeah, dude, like you meet a lot of interesting people in the military, you know. You and definitely do. And I think, but I think that it makes it like as much, as much shit as I get, or I don't want to say as much shit as I get, but as much like shit that happens with like talking about, oh, it's fucking people, dude. Like I don't, you know, there was, a, there was a saying that someone said to me, they're like, you know, someone, they always regret that they got out later in life. Because like they, I think that they get to that point where they're like, oh, I could have been doing this, but you have to weigh your options. Like, dude, what do I want to do? I can always go back in, but someone's like, well, you know, it's going to be harder to get back in. When I was, when I was down there the other day and I said to him, I was like, hey, like, you know, I'm looking to do all these side projects out in Colorado. And they're like, oh, well, you know, it's going to be harder to get back in. Cause I I told him, I was like, I'm thinking about going air force next. (laughs) Hit all fucking hit all the branches, dude. You know? I might as well. Yeah, dude. Fucking I go mean, Navy after this. Start sucking some dude off on a submarine. You know, I mean, you already did those Marines. Of, yeah, a bunch of 70, 74, 74. Just, you, you're just an experienced at that point. 74 guys go underseas and then 36 <laughs> couples come up. Or is that is there 37? Excuse me, 37 Something couples like come up? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. No, I mean, dude. good for you. I mean, I... I you you got more balls than I do. I don't have the balls to. Well, dude, I don't want to say. Well, dude, I don't. I don't want another branch. Dude, I don't want to say it has. It has anything to do with balls. It's just at that point in my life, it was 2007. And what year did you enlist? I enlisted in 07. Okay. Yeah, I enlisted in 07, and I needed to get the fuck out of New Hampshire. But the thing is, is that I'm always a person that's made the leap without actually thinking about anything I'm going to do. Like I just jump into something without realizing it, that's and what? then I'll. And I had, sudden, I had a like, buddy that did that. So he, yeah. so the re, the reason I joined the New Hampshire National Guard is because me and a best friend from high school were going to do it together. Mm. I mean, uh, he, he had kind of a rough childhood. So he, at the age of like seventeen, you 16, find that dude, you find that with most people in the military, large majority, oh, an overwhelming lot, majority, a lot. Yeah. Now, no, knock on wood, I did not have a rough childhood. Yeah, I was one of the lucky few. So you know, my, my parents are still together to this day. So yeah, like, same I, with I me. never had the issue. Yeah. So he had a rough childhood. We enlisted, or we planned to enlist together. And because of his rough childhood, he was not able to enlist in the Guard. Mm. But two, three years after I enlisted, he enlisted in the Marines. And they okay. took him for some reason. I, I don't know if they just like gave him waivers or whatever the Marines allowed. <laughs> Fucking mouth-breathing son of a bitch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just I'm, I'm not It's not even that far of the trip. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I loved the kid. Uh, he kind of pissed me off. He, yeah, he was my best friend all throughout high school. Yeah, and he, he kind of screwed up my family, but... Yeah, that's he, a whole. That's he, a that's another he, story. Yeah, it's yeah. another story, another podcast, another podcast. Um, so he he enlisted in the Marines, mm-hmm. and he has hated it ever since. He yeah. texts me every so often, or messages me every so often. He's like, "Hey, I hate the Marines. The Marines are doing this, is doing this, doing this." Most do, yeah. And he got kicked out okay. for doing some illegal stuff. 
Okay. Illegal substances? Yes. As far as I know, he did some stuff and they kicked him out. Yep. As far as what he's doing today, I have no idea. I haven't talked to him in like a year. So. Yeah. As to tie that back into whatever we were talking about, I'm not really sure how that ties in. No. I'm taking shot after shot. Dude, you're doing good. You're doing good. We're we're going to clean this bottle by the time we're done with this. Great podcast we've had so far. It's a fantastic podcast. Um. But I'm actually curious as to how we're going to do this podcast when you move. So I'm going to have to buy some stuff and we're going to have to Skype podcast. All you need to do is your phone, your phone with the ability to talk to me. And that's it. Got you. FaceTime, Skype. That's it. That's it, bro. I've done, I've done remote stuff before. It takes a little bit. Um, It's not actually, it's not really that difficult. You could set it up too. So do you you actually, so to kind of push off of what we've pushed off of what we've pushed off Mm -hmm. of, uh, when you move to Colorado, do you have an official date yet? Um, I'm looking. I'm saying mid June, but I'm looking at around. The problem is, is that it comes whether I get the job offer for a certain company. Okay, so, so is it going to be before or after I get back from AT? Because I get back June thirteenth. So for the, might for, actually, for the listeners and the, the watchers on my video, um, we are in the same National Guard unit. So I might actually still be around. Okay, I might still be around because I'm looking. I told him hopefully by June fifteenth I'll okay. have an answer. Because um, in Raymond I have a bit of a uh, a bushcraft camp, so it would actually be kind of cool if we can figure out a way to power all this equipment. If we mm-hmm. can actually do some bushcraft stuff out in Raymond, I can show you what I've actually done. Well, what I what I would what I would do then is I would actually just do video. You just, just I, I would just do video with okay. my DSLR because it'd be a lot easier with and just, this. And just transfer yeah, all dude, this whole, this whole thing right here requires it requires. So this the mixer is actually plugged into the wall. Oh right, I, I can see that. Yeah, the surface is plugged in. That microphone requires the, <laughs> my the phone's the, plugged the, in. Yeah, the, every everything just requires some form now, of there's power. A, there's you know? a, I'm gonna call him a bushcrafter. So his name. But dude, that's that's the beauty. That's the beauty of what yeah. I want to do is actually you can you can podcast that Just entire thing. Well, that that entire thing with nothing but your phone is that yeah. It, but you're it, gonna it need a, into, a, a real good microphone. And... Yes and no. Yes and no. Because this microphone right here, the the Rode mic, actually. Yeah. So this mic right here cost me this because this was a microphone I was actually using when I was potentially looking into doing documentary video type stuff. Okay. Now the problem with video is that with photography, it's just a still image. So I'm looking for a right. guy shaking his hand. It's that pivotal moment like that, right? With video, I'm actually looking for the entire moment. And it also comes with storage space and editing and all that kind of stuff. Video, well, you were telling me here, so yeah. all the equipment you have here is like, what, three, $400, give or take? Yes. Now, that, so it all, because the reason I have the Surface is because it's, it's portable, right? I like my Surface. It's portable. The mixer is only 80 bucks. Right. Now, you can also get what they call like lavalier microphones. <laughs> so I've, I've, I've come to figure out that, uh, again, so I've heard the term buy once, cry once. I don't I don't believe in buy once, cry once because mm. I like to find the best value. Dude, Unfortunately, this- finding the best value costs you way more than the buy once, cry once. I think- so if I buy something at $10, it breaks. Okay, I buy something at $15, it breaks. Yeah, it's what, it's what they call. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's All right, what, cool. So I, I've now spent X amount of money yeah, figuring it's out what this they call, thing worked. You want to know what they call that? They call that the- um, two thousand dollar tripod versus the thousand dollar tripod Correct. in photography, right? So, I buy this twenty five dollar tripod, and it works. But then I don't like it, so then I go out and buy. Oh, this one feature is the hundred dollar tripod that I have. Right. Okay, now oh, it's still windy or it doesn't work. Oh, it doesn't have ice spikes that I need in the ice <laughs> in, in the you winter. And your ice so 
Now I need to spend $500 on this type of tripod. Now by this point, I've already spent $700. Now I go on and spend $700 on the tripod. And then I spend, you know, the next tripod I buy, I spend $400, $500. After you have four or five tripods, and, and finally, you're like one of them, yeah, and you'll be finally, you know, $2,000 yeah, into the yeah, four of yeah. them. Yeah, finally, you'll spend $1,000 on a tripod, but the amount of money you've spent in, in sum is two thousand dollars right. instead of just spending but, but the thousand dollars chance that you, yeah. you take the advice of the buy once cry once if you're watching this you know who i'm talking to um you you do the buy once cry once and oh i don't like this two thousand dollar tripod yeah i'd rather buy this 25 dollar tripod and i like this yeah uh the the, the I, I, again i'm recording this via my phone so it's nothing fancy nothing special but i i bought this this tripod for 13 dollars and it is perfect dude it works Dude, some, some, sometimes, dude, if all it, you need, all you it, need is the function. If it works, you're happy. Term, it, if, it's, if it looks stupid, but it works, it's not stupid. Yeah, that's fine. Dude, the thing is, is that, so in, even in photography, dude, like there's a guy, fucking Facebook groups, man. People, what all they do. The Facebook groups, all of the Instagram groups, all yeah, the YouTube dude. groups. So what, what he does, on groups, on so groups. dude, what he does is you have people that argue so you saw how I had a film camera earlier and I had, right. so you have these people that argue about photo stuff. They just argue gear. And it's like, dude, I don't find, like the features that I need, the feet, the, the, dude, it's like the features that I need. I understand there's a certain degree in order to do the job that I want to do. Right. But I don't need like this hoop, this hooper, this like, super. Cool. This, this one piece of gear does this one yeah. thing that I need, but it does all of this too. But I don't need all. Yeah. I just needed to do this one thing. Yeah, like look at look at the water the water purifier or the the filter that your buddy had, right? right. He's like, "Oh, dude, this will be good for like almost 80,000 gallons." He's like, "But for where we're at right here, I don't need to spend 600 or 700 fucking dollars on this super sophisticated right. fucking water water purification system." And he's like, "And I'm only out here what? Once out of whatever whatever." Yeah. He's like, "If I'm sitting here fucking drinking this water every goddamn day, maybe Maybe. There'll be something, maybe, maybe, you know, there'll be something wrong yeah, for, with me. For, he's the, like, for the occasional bushcraft but, trip, yeah. for the occasional camping but trip. But for right now, he's like, I'm, this works. And it's, he's like, dude, it only cost me this. He's like, the bags are fucking absolute jack shit. Yeah. He's like, but these bags that I have right here, this is how I counteracted that. And you yeah. deal with the same right. so, thing so, in anything. So put a little you know? perspective into what, uh, what he's talking about. My buddy, Mike, he, when we went on this camping trip last week, uh, we all brought water. But he's the only one who brought a water filtration system uh, because we were camping out where there was a pond. This pond was eight miles by eight miles. Mm. Um, is it a pond? I guess. Uh, the New Hampshire Still State. body of water, it's maybe? A, it's a body. <laughs> it, it is a body of water. Uh, New Hampshire Fishing Game stocks it with trout. I guess they still consider it a pond and not a lake. Sure. Mm. Um, so he brought the Sawyer Squeeze which I believe is about, yeah, you're still green. Okay. Cool. Uh, which I believe is about twenty to thirty dollars, depending on the package you want to get. And then he bought these aftermarket uh, three liter bags. So you would fill one three liter bag with dirty water, considered dirty water from the pond, and even though you could probably still drink it, and be okay. I'd, yeah, I would say like, but at the same time, like, eh, do dis- you want dis- dysentery exactly. is a son of a bitch. I mean, dysentery, the same thing. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I'm just kidding. No, I mean, you want to take all again. You want to take all plague. safety precautions. Black plague comes. There's the only disease known to man where your penis shrink. God damn it. <laughs> Couldn't yep. get any. Well, yeah, like I had, like it's gonna get any smaller. Oh. <laughs> Same with me. So I need so a macro lens. He he had the Sawyer Squeeze, um, which if you're not familiar with water filtration systems, absolutely take a look at it. It's a great system. Um, and he took a three liter pack or a three liter bag. You screw it onto one end, 
and then you take a three liter bag, screw it onto the other end. So you fill one three liter bag with dirty water, and then you cook it on the filtration system. And then you fill the uh, you don't you don't fill the other one. You just hook it onto the other side of the filtration system, and then you. Uh, as a grab as a gravity, kind it's, of, it's a gravity. Yeah, fed. it's a gravity. I want to say so. Eiffel Tower, but I'm thinking of uh, I'm, what's, what's the sand? Eiffel Tower. I was thinking of sec- a sexual thing where you're where you're high fiving another dude as you're. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's but, that's why I yeah. didn't want to say Eiffel Tower. Okay, Eiffel understood. Tower. Yeah. What is the uh, this the sand clock thing? Hourglass. Hourglass. Thank hourglass. you. Thank yes. you very much. You're welcome. Um, so you would hourglass it, dude. This alcohol is really good, man. Great whiskey. Sorry. <laughs> it's a fantastic whiskey. But yeah, dude, um, so, so the would, hourglass. You, you take the hourglass effect, you tip it upside down, you let the water filter through the filtration system, and then you get three liters of clean water, and I want to say less than two minutes. Yeah, dude, and, and the thing is, is that one of the mentalities behind it was that when I was talking to your friend Mike, when yep, I was Mike. talking to your friend Mike, he was saying that it allows him to do something else. You know, is that like you don't do you don't you're like if you're if you're trying to get up, you know, you just right. you if, said if, it, if you're trying you to do it, more than yeah. one thing at one time, yeah. that's something know, an, which is something an, I never thought about system. Yeah. So like if you're if you were, you know, um, let's say bug out scenario, you know, World War Three is happening and you're alone in the woods and et cetera, et cetera, mm. scenario after scenario. And you have your bug out bag and you pull that out of your bug out bag. You're allowed to, you know, you fill that water filtration system. And you, you you get that whole set going, you can now start a fire. You can now start building your shelter yeah. and not have to worry about, you know, oh, how am I going to filter this water? Whereas in another scenario, you would have to, you'd have to create a filter out of, you know, rocks, uh, bigger rocks, smaller rocks, dirt, and then sand. Dude, is- I have a question. Sure. So what would you do? Let's, so World War Three scenario. All right, we're or let's say let's say let's say I was actually watching a video earlier today about the possibility of a super volcano going off in Yellowstone, right? Okay. What the fuck would you do in a situation what, like where would you go? What the fuck would you do if there was just a total collapse of society? Like, now let's like, not let's soci- like let's let's not let's like an economic an economical collapse. I know it requires a little bit more finesse to the question because right. it's such a such a broad, vague question. Let's say that. Well, let's let's paint it to the actual super volcano okay. scenario, right? Where all of a sudden, the and this is the situation. I'm right? talking about Yellowstone. So yes. So Yellowstone. let's 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 say to yellow. My, to my knowledge, is that going to affect us here in New Hampshire? So here's here's the situation. Sure. This is you, why. Give is me that, the scenario, and I'll all give right. My so, the statistics, the latest statistics show that there's enough magma in the bottom of the Yellowstone caldera, or underneath that mm-hmm. supervolcano. It's what they call a mega mega colossal eruption. It happens every seven hundred fifty thousand to a million years, right? Yeah. And, um, the last one was six hundred twenty thousand years ago. Okay. Every year, so we're coming up on it. Yeah. So every well, every year there's a one in seven hundred thousand chance that it can erupt. Right. Okay. That's pretty low, but also it's still low, kind of, but is, also I mean, still I mean, very what, scary. What are your chances of winning the Powerball? One in thirteen billion. Yeah. Something like, something so like that. I mean, I mean, people yeah. still believe in that. Yeah, so. One in thirteen point seven billion. Yeah. Some crazy shit like that. But um, here's the scenario, though, is that according to this video I just watched today, because mm-hmm. I watch a lot of random fucking shit while you know yeah, schoolwork, schoolwork, and you know whatever you go off on these tangents. Um, what happens is, is it would be a complete and utter fucking collapse of society if this Yellowstone okay. super volcano ended up going off because you think about it right 
that that thing would erupt in anywhere from Wyoming, Idaho, and Montana, where that where Yellowstone is, is it would bury anywhere I think within 300 miles of one meter of ash, and then the surrounding areas will be buried. It'll basically block out the sun for right. years. I, I, I now do know it's going to block out the sun. Now the problem the, is is that as it as it blocks out the sun, right? All the agricultural aspects of the plains where the big the big breadbasket of the United States is going to fail. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be no way. Now now as as the ash settles in the years and hundreds of years go by this the soil will be really good for farming. <laughs> yeah. But you have, within, to la- you have to last. You have to last for that long. You have to make the human but, civilization yeah. last that hundreds of years. Yeah, but what's going to happen is it's going to create the largest refugee crisis in history. Absolutely. And also all those people that rely on that farming for food, it's going to be completely unfarmable. Now that area is also going to suffer from what we would necessarily call nuclear winter because the sun is going to be blocked out. All the all the all the natural plant life is going to die mm-hmm. or potentially die if it gets little amounts of sunlight. I don't think that the, I don't think that the plant life would die. It just it would get little little sunlight, so it wouldn't grow as, as much, you know. Um, and then basically, what's going to happen is is the U.S. economic situation is going to fall, and now the stock market's going to crash, and now the United States is no longer a world superpower, right. and the rest of the world's economic ability, the USD, is going to go down. Now the entire global economy comes crashing down, mm-hmm. right? So now we have no food, we have no infrastructure, we have no ability to govern ourselves because all these millions and millions of people that live on the West Coast are brought to their knees by this entire economic. This, 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 this is entire, one thing. This, this, is, this, this is one just volcano. One, that's this erupted. one volcano destroyed and everything. Now, now and so now you think to yourself: We live here in New Hampshire, right? Now, you have to go somewhere with your family in order to figure out. Like, that's the situation. Let's use the Yellowstone situation. All right. So, I think to myself, I'm like, hmm. I mean, granted, I, I would need more information. I have to do my own research. No. Um, depending on what you know. So, yeah. what's the... So, yeah, yes, it will block out the sun for X amount. Ten years. Ten years. Ten, ten, to, ten, ten, ten to 50 uh, years. This, is is what, this might just be sound like an idiot. So, I, I'm not too... Like, like I said before, I, I have not gone to college. I have a high school education, so that's about it. You as can still have an opinion, though. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it'll block out the sun, but is that the surrounding area of Yellowstone? Absolutely. Yeah, for the next. For the next. Right. But is that just Yellowstone? Like, where will that stop? Like, it's, it's not going to block out the entire world from sun. Not the not not well. Actually, it will affect the entire world. It'll affect the entire, but it will not block out the entire world of sun. Yes and no, because what's going to happen is is that there's very so on a scale on Again, a scale. I, I might just come off sound like an idiot here, so no, no, I'm probably dude. You never know. But this is this is what's cool about podcasts. We can we're opening so someone can right. come in and talk about this afterwards. But basically, what happens is is there's a scale mm-hmm. of there's a scale of eruptions that take place within the world and on the grand scale of these super volcanoes. Like consider a one like. Yeah. Consider one like the atomic bomb, yeah. a little bit less than that, because the energy that's released during most what we would consider volcanic explosions doesn't doesn't actually mimic anywhere or doesn't resemble anything like the atomic bomb that was mm-hmm. that was released. It's usually multiple atomic bombs in the energy that's released during these volcanic explosions. Like if you look at Mount St. Helens, yeah. 
back in 1980, the energy that was released in that one explosion, it actually blew out the side of the mountain, not up, right. it blew out the side. And about it, it, the energy that equates to that was about 1,500 um, Hiroshima atomic bombs, hmm. or 1.5, I believe, megatons is what they would call in regard to TNT. Or maybe it's 15 megatons. I don't fucking know, dude. Some 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 number right. like that, right? So, I mean, well, f- f- from the, but, the information but what, but, that you've given me. But, but what would happen with the Yellowstone caldera was that it would release 400 million tons. or eight hundred. It was some r- ridiculous amount of ash into the atmosphere. And even back in 1815... And, and, and that's, that's going to be a great play. Yeah. In, uh, any, anything I would really yeah. remotely do. Even back in the 1800s in recorded history where volcanoes have actually gone off, what has happened is they call it the year the year without summer. And the entire summer, what took place is that the temperatures in, in the northern hemisphere of the United States actually stayed, it stayed winter even during summer. So yeah. we were still getting snow. So like Mid-June, July, yeah. August. Yeah, June, snow. July, August. So we were still getting... Out, yeah, is. so we were still getting snow. And I would say that if it only happens for a year, we have enough food to sustain ourselves. You know, usually, for the most part, debatable. Again, that's, that's one. Yeah, that is so that like, is so a, myself. So I yeah. have I have started. No, I mean I mean I mean back in back in the eighteen hundreds. Oh, okay. So like back in the eighteen hundreds, they they probably had enough provisions to last them. Like, oh, okay, this is a shitty winter. Like, you know, right, that, that, this that's also so that, again. That kind of brings us back to the whole cultural thing. So like back then, people were still understanding the fact that we're evolving and mm. nature has a huge part in our, our Dude, ecosystem and, and our life. And probably Today, some... Nowadays, people don't even care. People don't understand that. No. Like, oh, you know, what happens if winter lasts more than, you know, two months or three Dude, months? People, people are... Like, what, what, what would anybody do if winter lasted more than six or seven months? People go crazy. Dude, I don't... People be, wouldn't understand what to do. Dude, some people don't even understand that. That, like, they fall... That right. we're, we're a planet hurling through fucking space. Yeah, people are like, right. oh, yeah, you know, summer's gonna happen. Oh, Kim Kardashian got married again or some fucking shit. Sure. No, I don't know. Some... Well, know. The, the, the... I don't know either. But the pop culture references, they, they their world doesn't revolve around the actual natural disasters that could potentially take place where they're vulnerable to those... To those disasters, you know, of... Dude, there's so many things at any time, any given time, trying to like fucking kill us. I feel, you know, or like I feel like, yeah, I feel like. Well, uh, I don't want to say that they are there to kill us, but also just realizing the power of nature, right? You know, so what's uh kind of a little off that? What's what's the movie? The, the what's that British movie with spies? The Kingsman. I don't know. Have you seen the, the Kingsman? Human Centipede? <laughs> yes, that one. <laughs> Have you seen The Kingsman? I haven't. So the the plot of the, the Kingsman is this guy, this evil guy, uh, thinking that the the population of the world is a virus and uh, the world is not strong enough to defeat the virus. Mm-hmm. So he comes up with a plan to like eradicate, kind, kind of like uh, I don't know if you've, I haven't seen Avengers, the recent ones. So he, he oh, wants the, to. He age, wants to age the what's his age of Ultron, where he believes that think, humanity I mean, is the is the virus him, itself. Him too, yeah. but also Thanos. Thanos wants yeah. to. You know, he wants to snap erat- a finger. Yeah, he wants half to. Of humanity is gone, so that's going to yeah. fix everything. He ve- he views the the existence of humanity as a plague, and in order to balance right. out the situation, what Same. he has to do is to like, eradicate at least half. That's well, the way we view it in nature. Well, we're right. getting back to the hunter thing. We have to hunt certain animals in order to balance it out. Right. You know. Yeah. So it kind of all ties together. Like there's multiple theories of you know 
you know, are, what is the worst thing happening to the Earth? Is it humans? Is it this? Is it that? It's humans. Um, <clears throat> Subtle. Yeah. It, I, yes. Yes. Without a doubt. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, as much as I value my life, um, we are the worst thing to happen to this Earth mm. ever. <laughs> mm. I mean, I, well, yes and no. Yes and no. Because I, I, we, we do our, our damnedest to help preserve and keep what we have going. But we are also the cause. Yes, we're 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 the cause of what we do. But to think that what sorry, go ahead, finish what finish what you were going to say before I go off on this tangent. I wish I could. It was the, how you view it was how you view humanity as a virus. Yeah, and, so, 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 so humanity is a virus, um, and the, the Earth is not capable of stopping it. Hmm. So it, it's going to continue and continue and continue until. Something bad happens. Well, you look at you look at um. It's actually illegal to die in a town called Long Yearbin. I'm sorry, what? It's illegal to die. It's in illegal a town, to die in this town. In this town, okay. In in, in um Denmark called Long Yearbin, or maybe it's Norway. So they just send their elderly to another. You town want to know to why die? it's illegal to die? I there. do want to. Have know you why. heard of the Spanish flu? I have heard of the Spanish flu. So the Spanish flu killed more people than World War One. Okay. And the reason yep, being that is, is, is that underneath those grounds, they don't know what caused the Spanish flu. And there's no cure for the Spanish flu. There's no, there wasn't any vaccine for it. There, before they I, could, I, before, I, again, I have a high school education. Yeah. Well, so before, is, is, that, is that to this day, we don't know what We don't caused? know. It was a strain. So every year when you got, when they call what they, or what they call getting a flu vaccine, yeah. is there's actually multiple back, forms of bacteria, viruses, whatever, that can actually cause a flu. So in order for them to actually come up with the vaccine, what they do is they compile all this data together and scientists come together and they say, okay, according to the census of this chart or according to the data, this strain of flu is going to be more, this 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 strain of flu is going to be more dangerous than this XYZ strain. So they, they look at the models and they look at the chart of what is actually going to be the most the, the one of the forms of the virus. So that vaccine that they actually get, you can still get sick when you actually have the flu virus because yep. they're only covering the flu vaccine based on models from history and data that, that the scientists procure. That's, from, that's all we can do. I mean, yeah, from the previous years. History because, the, well, there's, there's, dude, there's thousands of microbes that can cause flu-like symptoms, right? Yeah. But what they'll do is that vaccine, let's say, again, I'm not. I'm not fucking educated. I'm not in microbiology or anything like that. But that vaccine will only cover. Again, I have a high school education. <laughs> so and, that and that that high school education was taken at Pembroke Academy. So if that if you know anything about Pembroke, it's not very good. <laughs> so that that data from that flu. Let's say they only that vaccine will only cover three or four of those microbes, right? Okay. And problem is, is that they only started coming up with the flu vaccine. I don't know how many years ago before the Spanish flu and the Spanish flu took place in around 1918, mm-hmm. right? Killed more people in world war one. Right. The problem is, is that they don't know what caused it. It okay. basically is a form of flu that it, it's an autoimmune disease where it targets people like me and you, okay. where we are actually healthy young individuals and it attacks our own immune system mm-hmm. and we choke on our own flu, essentially. Okay, so, so it- Again, I, yeah, I, I really should know this. I yeah, should have paid attention but, to high school. I did not. Well, no, this so, is so, this is this is this is those random YouTube binges that I that I watch. Um, but the reason why you can't die in Longyearbyen 
is because what they're worried about is the dead were, that were actually buried there is the permafrost that's actually underneath okay. where the dead are. So they're they, worried about if they start digging into their own soil? Where the they're, dead, they're the dead, the, where, 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 yeah, where the people, where the people had actually died because winter comes and then summer comes and the, the ground will kind of thaw out. But they're worried that underneath that, underneath the ground where the dead so are. More than six feet. Up. Yeah. So if they actually go to those grounds where the cemetery is and let's say they start digging up dead people, right? Or they, 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 not, not the old people. Yeah. Not the old people, but let's say they start burying the dead where those cemetery grounds are. That could potentially release those microbes because they could still essentially be alive and preserved from the cold. So the people that die in this okay. place called Long Yearbin, they have to fly out their dead because where the they Spanish fly out there. They, they don't even go to like the next town over. They fly no, out no, their dude, dead. Because because think about it, is it's it's in the north it's in Denmark well, right, so, in certain aspects. Like you know how um So is it is it Denmark altogether? No, or is it Denmark just, 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 just one town. Just yeah, just that or one town city. called yeah, or town like city. It's like so, a fishing fishing town. It only has a population of like a few thousand. Oh, that's fine. You know, so, but, so does yeah. But back in back in like nineteen eighteen when the Spanish flu, dude, eighteen million people died. Yeah, from the Spanish flu. Right. Right. So, so these, why, I'm I'm just confused as to why they don't like go to like the next town over. There is no like that's the thing is that there there isn't any next town over. Okay. So what they would do is they would like there might be, but it's a there's no like way to there's no as ah, the battery's just getting low, but there's no way to transport that dead or they don't want they, they have to take the dead and instead of going to the cemetery grounds where they had buried these people hundreds of years ago which would still where those people died with the spanish flu they don't want now to actually has, my curiosity is you know granted america is fairly smart mm-hmm. i would like to believe uh, i know other countries are past us uh, at least in my belief have they done any scientific research as to <laughs> this is a yes. real thing well, here's the thing: is that, or is it kind of just like a big superstition? They're, well, like, they're 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 microbes. We well, they're microbes, and yeah. so with the flu, it could it could also in, in the cold. I, I, in understand, the cold, I understand. Like, yeah. like the, the 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 cold can preserve it because I, I know uh, I again I've watched random YouTube videos, which is all. Yeah, that's a good question because the thing is, is I'm I'm not sure if that if they decided to actually go down, is that the if you if you pull a piece of sand mm-hmm. right within one. With one within one sand grain, there's at least ten thousand different microbes within that within that sand. That and that's usually that's usually that's usually in a tropical climate, okay. right? So, in a colder climate like that, is that if they potentially did that and the microbes were actually still alive, and someone got infected, what would happen is is then they could replicate within our body, and then yeah. that's how someone could get sick. Is that there's a lot of potential for stuff to go wrong? Is that if they did end up digging up these bodies or digging up the sand where these people are. They have to actually get through that permafrost layer. Now, as they get through that permafrost layer, there's no way to know. I mean, like, I don't know how cold it has been. Like, I mean, I I'm, they I'm still have summers. Yes. Now, I'm sure that they could engineer a way to do that. But the thing is, is that if the body is is frozen in those grounds, but then as they end up kind of thawing out, and then the microbes. It's a it's a gamble. I, 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 I would like say, I would a say cemetery in. I mean, I give this. I would say I would say that it's a gamble. But the thing is, is that like I would think you it's a gamble anyway? Yeah, would you be one? And that's why they have to. That's why they fly out their dead because I, if they I, just I if they like decided, like, I feel like that's just a big superstitious thing. I don't know, man. I would say I would say that what they're doing is they're being precautionary. I mean, they're definitely being precautious, you know? but that's yeah. also I think it's superstitious. They're like, mm. hey, these you know these bodies died. Of I, th- this. I just cool. I just think that they might not know. Because they might not know. Like, I mean, is that is that like, 
18 million people, dude, that died of the Spanish flu. Well, I mean, like, how many people? How many people died of the plague? We still bury people in Boston. Well, the plague, the plague. What they found with the plague was that the plague was actually it's caused by rats. It was caused by fleas and rats. Yeah, and the ships that actually landed in Sicily, there was three ships. Right, but like, and when the three ships landed, they didn't know what caused it. That's where the plague doctor mask actually yeah. comes from, where the the little beak. So, so what, what I'm hearing, I, this is also my drunken, uneducated talk. I love these. I love these. Oh, I love. I love these talks. Though. Is, uh, great. What yeah. I'm hearing is that because they don't know where it came from, we're going to take all you know precautions and. Well, the thing is though is that they can treat. We don't know where it came from. We're just going to keep doing these things because it's worked for hundreds and hundreds of years. Well, they can rather than like figuring out what the actual cause was. Well, they can diagnose the plague. They can diagnose the plague. Now, the flu. Now, getting back to the flu. Remember, thousands and thousands and thousands of different types of microbes can actually cause flu-like symptoms. Mm -hmm. Now, this specific microbe that is to the Spanish flu, that that strain, they don't know what causes it. It 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 produce. You could call it the Spanish flu. It might not. The reason why they call it called the entity flu is not Spanish. You could could even you would something sickness. Yeah, you could even call it the the reason why they call it the Spanish flu is because that specific type type of strain started in Spain. It actually started affect. It impacted birds. Fuck a bunch of Spanish. Um, But it, it impacted it impacted birds, right? And then it somehow got transferred to humans. And that specific strain is it produces flu-like symptoms. So that's why they call it the Spanish flu. Now, the bubonic plague is a specific virus that has specific symptoms associated with that ailment. But we can treat that with antibiotics nowadays. They yeah. just didn't know what was actually causing it back in the day. Like you said, it was the fleas actually on the rats who were mingling with humans back in the day where it was just, if you go to Afghanistan, they're fucking mingling with rats all the goddamn time. And if a bubonic plague right. erupted in Afghanistan, I wouldn't be fucking surprised. But anyways, with we, this, with we, this, our military wouldn't have done half as much. Yeah. Shit. Now let's say, now let's say, hypo- yeah, let's say hypothetically speaking that they dig up those bodies in long Urban, right? And then let's say those people get infected with the Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that we would respond with an actual vaccine after we study the disease. But the problem is, is that those people would potentially we we yeah, would those yeah those young people that we have that has a history Which is understandable. of it yeah so that's why they don't want to actually I mean, clearly I, make I, that. I don't have the in depth knowledge to even I don't even want to even talk I'm about it, but we're doing it I, anyway dude fuck I don't care I, I'm enjoying this conversation but that's that's the that's the thing is that they're like hmm. You know what we should do? We should go to Long Year. <laughs> Fucking terrorists. Spanish I'm, flu. I'm fuck, good. Fuck all these. I'm good. And then we we end up. So, dude, why why are you why are you sneezing, dude? What the fuck's happening to you, man? What the hell? Why are you sick? But I don't yeah. know. I don't usually get sick. Yeah. It's the pollen. There's no but pollen yeah. here. Yeah. Well, dude, it looks like I'm dying. So. Yeah, dude. But that's why it's illegal to actually bury the dead. I did, in, I did in not know place. that. Yeah. Long long urban long urban long long year and then year. Ben. Long year, Ben. I'm okay. actually curious right now. I'm gonna look it up. Long year. I would too. My phone is uh, indisposed at the time. So uh, speaking long. of that, so there is a place. Uh, now that we've been talking about this place, I can't think of the name of it. Dude, tell me to get. Tell me. <gasps> Town in Svalbard. 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 Stop. Svalbard. Time out. Okay. Time out. okay. So, they, so uh, a buddy of mine, my buddy Mike. He has a buddy who is who has uh, who has money who can do whatever the hell he wants. Supposedly. Okay. So he likes to take uh, adventures and he will go online and book the cheapest place uh, the cheapest flight to any place anywhere so he'll go like what's the cheapest flight anywhere out of New Boston or out of, out of Boston okay. and he'll book it and just go so he went to Svalbard no shit um, 
he took a I want to say it was maybe a week, a couple of days. He took a flight out of Spal- uh, out of Boston to Svalbard, uh, which is in the Arctic Circle. Okay, which I'm sure you know that by looking at that right now. And he took uh, he stayed at a hotel. He went on a snowmobile snow tomorrow snowmobile trip out yeah to that's how nice that's how that's things. how it's saying that they they end up getting around is snowmobile yeah because yeah. everything there's frozen so yeah um, so it's funny because he, he was just telling me fucking um, savage people dude fucking hard life yeah dude, right i mean I, fucking I mean, hard we, life we talk about people. you know oh you know our daily struggle i imagine having to get around on snowmobile i gotta de-ice my horse hang on yeah <laughs> 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 Gotta de-ice my elk. It's pulling my fucking sled. Hang on one sec. So he he went and stayed at this hotel, and his uh, his hotel stay included two uh, dinners or a dinner one night. And his meal choices included of uh, seal steak and reindeer. No shit. I'm like that is a fantastic option, dude. Have you heard of Have you heard of um the most the coldest inhabited place on the world in the world is called Oymyakon, Russia, right? Sure. So, dude, listen to this, right? So, back in the gulag times when Stalin... Ooh, the gulag. The gulag. When Stalin was the fucking dictator, when he was the dictator of Russia, what happened was all these prisoners, all these... I'm getting the fucking text. Hey, how's Aria doing? She's fine. (laughs) That message was yesterday. Um, She's good. Yeah, she's fine. Um, Basically... Oymyakon is a very small municipality in yep. this literally the middle of fucking nowhere in Russia. It's a they call it the Road of Bones, and you want to know why they call it the Road of Bones? I feel like I know this answer. But tell me, because the area was, dude. This is for the Soviets, dude. The area was so fucking inhospitable to humans that a million people for every one meter of road that was actually laid down, a person died. Hmm. One meter. One meter. One, one person. person dies. Two meters. Three meters. So you take it. You think about how many average, meters is it? Do you know what's that? How many meters do you, that that road? Do you know? It's fifteen hundred kilometers. Fifteen hundred. So, so kilometers, not yes. not meters. So a million people died building that building that road. And so what they did. <laughs> These damn so was man. so what they did was they ended up burying burying their bodies in the road into the road. And so they call it the road of bones, which makes right? sense. It's kind of so, like uh, what is it, the Great Wall of China. Yep, yeah. And so what it's happens is, is is in Oymyakon, it's the coldest inhabited place in the world. Average temperatures of negive. 40 degrees Fahrenheit and it has to do it has to do with the way that the mountain range is but you, also fucking like, white people dude, only know. white people no, will do this shit no no well the horses that they have there the only thing that they can eat during the during the winter is meat they can't actually eat like there's very little no, greens no, that these that these people will eat is, you know, to be expected but yeah but going back to like that thing with Svalbard is that mm. like you said it's just meat on the menu because that's all that, it is but to think about that, dude, like think about how we used to migrate as people, where we in, we implemented you know, as, agriculture. As, as, yeah, exactly. As you humans, know? like it was, you know, eat meat, eat meat, eat meat, and at, at somewhere in our lineage, we're like, yo, we're gonna make some potatoes, bro. vegetables as well. Yo, stick that shit in the ground and let's and, fucking and, let's grow it. Right, and then, and then even further along, it's like some somebody said, oh, all we need to eat is vegetables. Yeah, yeah, and so, that's the thing I mean, is that gr- granted, you know, hu- humans can humans are adaptable. We we can adapt and overcome. We can eat whatever we need to eat to survive. Yeah, but dude, that's the thing that I found very interesting was that the only thing that they can actually eat to to survive in those areas horses. Yeah, that's horse meat, dude. 
Yeah. So, horse, so, oh, so, here's, oh, here's, oh, so the horse is eating horse meat? Uh, that's a good question. Maybe hay. That, that's, now, I know. That, now, here's, now, here's when, the thing. When, when, a second ago, when you were telling me that story, that's, that's what I heard. Yeah. Horse is eating exact, horse meat. Yes, horse, horse meat. Yeah, so here's the thing. So is the that, horses are eating grand. I'm curious. Now, I know that they do have summers because I right. did actually watch still, a documentary. A summer over there is still... Yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a forty um, degrees. Yeah, it was like an ABC Australia thing or CBS Australia thing where one of the um, what's that? Oh, where it was actually one of the journalists, and he went over there, and he was talking about how what the fuck was it? He about like during the summer, there's actually things in the summer like dude it's a fucking shitty place to live in the, during the summer because apparently well, there's I, mosquitoes I black flies all sorts of shit right but during the winter they only have like three months of summer two or three months of summer as soon as as soon as like yeah as soon as august or september hits temperatures start plummeting right I and i think during those times in the summer maybe they might have the ability to grow wheat but it's not wheat for them i would say that it's it's probably for their, their horses, and their horses yeah, do those, whatever they're make i mean they, they have to raise the yeah. meat to eat it I mean, but you I mean, look at you act, importing it which is going to cost them yeah you look at you look at the horses in the video and in they're very like they're very short you know, very yeah. short horses. They're burly, so they look like they could, okay. like they're able to survive. And the same thing, they have elk there and all sorts of shit. But it looks like they breed horses to get around, but also to, to, to eat, slaughter. yeah, to slaughter and eat. And that's their way: is that they're able to that survive the extreme like, cold. I'm, I'm going to take this yeah. horse on this, you know, a thousand mile journey, and then when I get there, I'm going to eat it. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's. Sense. Dude, it's fucking crazy. What humans are capable of is that, dude. Like, how the fuck? Uh, just humans, like, what humans and like animal, what they're capable of, because I mean, they have to adapt and overcome if they're going to survive. Yeah, dude, right here. Check it out. Oymyakon is a rural city in Oymyakonsky district of the Sakha Republic, Russia, located along the oh, fucking the so and so river. But basically, dude, it's right there. And the reason why it's so cold is because it's so yeah, far sure. inland. It's so far inland from the sea that the jet stream basically just it, there's some weird demographics in regard to how cold that fucking place is. But during the summer, you like it's like I wish I could pronounce half the word there. Yeah, I know some Russian, some Russian thing. But um, that whole area was was basically Boing, before before Boingacon. yeah before Stalin. That area actually didn't exist. But then he was like, I want to build it. I mean, well, it existed. It. Well, kind of. it did exist, but there wasn't there wasn't well, anybody as much there. Yeah, there wasn't anybody that lived up there, dude, because it's like no one can live because in, it's cold, dude. Exactly, you know what I'm saying? Like no one can live there. Only the freaking Russians. Only no one could live there, and so when Stalin was like, "I want to build this giant road all the way up fuck Siberia," and then he ends up like 1.5 million sure. people get killed, and yeah, that's that, he dude. He doesn't care. Have you heard? Have you ever heard of his fucking Cannibal Island experiment? Mm-hmm, I have. Dude, where he based six thousand people are all right. We're gonna give you nothing but flour and water, and you're gonna build a utopia. You have fun. You're gonna build a utopia on this island, and then it's just like, okay, it's cool. Like naked and afraid to the extreme, dude. Legit, fucking legit, dude. And then that's exactly how it happened, dude. Is that you should Google Cannibal Island? It's fucked up. What? And they didn't release this information until like 1983, 1993. One of those. One oh, one yeah. of those threes. And those people, dude, the Soviets just didn't give a fuck, man. Russians like to keep their secrets, dude. They, dude, Russians are some fucking dude. Those are some hard. Those are some hard people, dude. Those are some fucking hard motherfucking people, man. Like I don't know, 
Like that's the thing that I, you know, I, I think about. I'm like, dude, back in the day, right, where we ended up, like I, I remember reading about something about cave paintings back in 194 back in the 1930s there was this kid that was walking his dog and it was in france right and he ends up going down and his dog falls in this cave so he's like oh fuck my dog fell and his dog's barking and all sorts of shit so he ends up going to like i'm good i'm good okay. so he go, he goes back to get his friend and he finds his you know descends into this cave what they yeah. find in this cave is actually paintings that are 30,000 years old oh, yeah. 30,000 years old so do you think about that how far back we are as a species now there's cave paintings in fucking Argent or what the fuck like Brazil Argentina older that, that date back 17,000 years 17,000 years so we're all the way in France mm -hmm. and then cave paintings that date back all the way 17,000 years that are in South America. And, and, and that's what we found so far. Dude, and to think about how fucking, think about how, like, my the migration that we did as a, dude, that's fucking nuts, you know? That's fucking nuts. That's why, that's like. I mean, and that, that comes from a lot of, like, different theories, like migration and evolving yeah. and. Yeah. You know, if you, you if you. Aliens. If, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are theories out there. I'm not going to get into it. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, that's, a whole, people, that's, a whole, that's a whole other podcast. I mean, some people believe in Bigfoot. So. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. That's, but Yeah, I'll, sorry. Where were you, what were you going to say? No, it's just like the whole like, you know, evolving and migration. Like, you know, people evolved here and migrated there. People evolved here and stayed here. People evolved here and migrated way to hell over there. Yeah. Dude, it's fucking nuts. Because to think about what's out there, like, or what else was around when, like, I, I, and, it, and it all ties back into bushcraft, dude. Yeah, it all it all does tie it all does tie back into bushcraft because even Stephen Ranella, when mm -hmm. so there was a guy that was in Africa, or was it South America? One of those. Do they have? Do they do they suffer from malaria in South America? I'm pretty sure that they do. I, I or maybe have, it's maybe, maybe uh, it's again Africa. high school education. Yeah, I watch random. I videos. forget. I know that malaria used to actually be around in the United States. It was eradicated, I believe, back in the 1930s, 1940s. Maybe it was 1950s. But anyways, regardless of that, there was a guy that was actually in Africa, right? So what he says is that he's with this he's with this group of people that don't have very much contact with the outside world. But the thing is, you see how I'm looking at you right now? Right. With like such intensity? And you know how in our culture, if you look at someone with intensity, it's like you don't want to establish that connection. Right. You, you, it, you're it, can gonna, be, it can be taken as a threat. Yes. You, you're going to look away. Now this guy, as he's in this 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 like hut with all these people it's late at night now he doesn't have technology he doesn't have a phone he's just sitting there with fire now these people aren't talking with each other they're just sitting around the fire and they're looking at him now think about that they're not communicating because they don't understand his language right but they're just looking at him for hours and hours and hours and he, they're just sitting there just sitting think about what we do to distract ourselves and we go to bed at night or right before we go yeah. to sleep to, just to, having somebody who doesn't understand anything you say, yeah, anything you do, right? Mannerisms, now, one of the things staring at that you. dude. One of the things that really was 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 kind of traumatizing to that guy was that he's like every single person that I'm around right now has malaria. Every <laughs> single person that is around him has malaria. Now, sickle cell disease. Have you heard of sickle cell? <laughs> fucking cats Jesus Christ. have you heard of sickle cell disease <laughs> now basically what happens with not sickle, contagious by the way 
not contagious. Well, what's sickle cell disease is that the red blood cell is actually not shaped like a sort of spherical donut looking thing right. that actually keeps the iron so it can bind to the hemoglobin within the body. It can transfer oxygen that way. Mm-hmm. The red blood cells are actually shaped like a sickle now. And that actually presents a lot of other secondary effects in regard to how someone's born. And it like they have it has they, they basically have more trouble carrying oxygen. Right. But the reason why the red blood cells evolved to this mainly affects African Americans, sickle cell mm-hmm. disease. Now a large majority of people that suffer from malaria, there's a there's a theory out there that half of all people that have ever lived have died of malaria. Half of all people that have ever lived have died of malaria. Half. Fifty percent. Yes. Half of all people that have ever lived have died from malaria. Now our genetic response or our evolutionary response to this is okay. So we're dying from malaria. Let's try and reshape these red blood cells. Mm -hmm. So someone that actually suffers from sickle cell disease, which large majority of it affects African-Americans, I think it only affects African-Americans, they actually won't get malaria if they have sickle cell. Okay. So what they think is that it's actually a genetic response to this guy. So let's say this guy that's actually sitting in this hut Right, mm-hmm. and he's basically looking at all these people. Every single one of these people is suffering from so malaria. He's here with you know 10, 15, yeah. 20 people. Yeah, they're all sitting there staring at him, not knowing what the hell he's saying. Yeah, but he knows every one yeah. of them has and they're malaria. Just, they're just looking at him, and that's that's like something that I think about. I'm like, man, like think about that. He's like, yeah, it's very unsettling at first to to just sit there at like it gets dark at like six or seven and we just cook meat and then we just sit there and that's it no one's no one's talking no one's doing anything but they're sitting around the fire and he gets back to that bushcraft mentality of like that psychological response where this is such a uh uh secure or it's such a it's it feels good to be around this fire where we're around other people Uh, i'll I'll continue to call it uh, warming yeah, I mean, granted, obviously, you know, fire is hot and yeah. warming, but but the warming sensation it's, yeah. it's a homey, homey yeah. sensation that you, you you feel comfortable and safe and secluded around a fire. Yeah, and that's dude, that's so fucking interesting to like think about stuff like that with that guy where he's like, everybody here suffering from fucking malaria, and it's like, man, how the what what the fuck did we do like back in the day? There was a back in the ice age, they think that. There was only ever like fifty of us that were that that survived, mm-hmm. because we're Cape Town, Africa. There was a section during the last ice age where there was you know all the different weather patterns that happened on right. Earth and all this kind of stuff. Well, there was a, a cold spell that basically like eradicated ninety five percent of humanity, mm-hmm. and there was only about sixty to seventy percent of us left, and we were out by Cape Town, Africa. And there was about 50 of us that were left, 50 humans, what they speculate, because the average temperature hovered around 40 to, yeah, 40 to 50 degrees around Cape Town, Africa. And we owe it to those 40 to 50 people that essentially fucked. And then this was, you know, thousands, 50,000, 60,000 years ago during the different periods of ice ages and shit. And they mm-hmm. say that there was only 50 or 60 of us left. And if you look at all the evidence for how we are as people with homo 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 um, erectus you know homo or neanderthals and all that kind of stuff where we were still mm-hmm. living alongside neanderthals back in the day and then you oh, see yeah. how we came up is that it's like dude there's a lot of fucking crazy history out there dude like there's a there's a hominid that was only three feet tall and the oh, reason yeah. the reason why it only was three feet tall 
is because it lived on a fucking island. Now this is over like in Indonesia, the, the, I mean, those I, islands, right? I, I kind of just when you, when you brought that up, it made me think. So people, I'm into midget porn. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. No, like people back in you know, I just want to you know categorize it as years and years ago, but like you know, back in like the Spartan age, like the, you know the Romans, and they, they were not as tall as you and me today. No, no, and dude, so that like, I, don't, I don't know if you've seen the movie The Spartans. I have. Or uh, was it the 300? 300. Um, the, the average height of them was like four feet tall. Yeah. And like that giant that you see running through all of the Spartans, about my height. Probably didn't fucking, yeah. probably, yeah. Those uh, Spartans were very, it was, it was very Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood well, abs- Absolutely. And it's it all like Hollywood yeah. based. Yeah, it was like, very, it's a very, well, without a doubt, King Leonidas that ended up actually staying there, you know, Doing he that would that was true. He actually did stay there, but he also had thousands of people from Athens and yeah, you know, he, all he those didn't other have people. just his just his three hundred. But dude, he if had you a actually lot more than that. dude, have you seen how brutal the fucking Spartans were to their helots or mm-hmm. helots? Basically, there was there was this slave class to those people, and what they did was that in Roman and so one of the distinct differences between Greek mythology I don't want to say mythology, but Greek law. Mm-hmm. And Roman law was that in Roman law, if you're a slave, you can actually rise to a certain prominence level within a house, right? Like right. You could, you could be alongside your master as a slave and you can hold some sort of power over the other yes. slaves yeah. and live a somewhat comfortable life, but you're still a slave. Right. You, you, you know, you're still, you still, but you could also you'll amount to something, but not exactly. But you could also gain your freedom from your master if mm-hmm. you display certain qualities that your master is like, hey, or your, your slave master, whatever. But there was a distinct difference with that in Sparta, where there are these these <laughs> people committed genocide oh, yeah. against the helot population, and the helots were basically a slave class that could not rise to prominence, mm-hmm. and so the Spartans were completely outnumbered by them, almost like one to ten, right? And so what they did was they actually instilled fear into the helots, and so these young Spartans that are in training during the Hagogi. What they would do is they'd be like, all right, you're going to go kill one of these fucking slaves tonight. And if you don't come back with blood on your sword, you're not then you're, you're not then, a real Spartan. Then, yeah, you're, you're not, not a real Spartan. Guy. This is the test. Now, each year they held a festival where any of the helots that tried to get close to the Spartans, they feared that they would rebel. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they held this festival where they committed complete genocide against the helots. And just and them. Dude fucking you you should go read some of the things that the spartans did to these people it's pretty <laughs> fucked up but that's part of their warrior quotations warrior culture was <laughs> getting these young boys used to committing genocide and being completely okay with it okay like, with yeah this is, this is a this, part of my this, everyday life exactly this is my culture this yeah is what this I is th- this is what i do and so the helots there's no escape <laughs> you're like they 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 had they were blacksmiths they were farmers. They were every, but they, the Spartans, they, had, they had lives. But they, weren't, yeah. they weren't just like slaves. They were, yeah. But the Spartans didn't care, nope. so they were just viewed as like people that were expendable. Interior. Yeah, but that's kind of what did the Spartans in was because the women would actually, the women actually, when a Spartan would die, the woman would inherit all of his fortunes. So right. you had this man that was actually a very. It was Not a very wealthy, but yeah, very, but, very but he good had, yeah, he, he had been campaigning, and then what happens is he dies, and then this wife inherits all his lands and all sorts of stuff. So she wants to remarry, 
But the problem is, is that she's older, so she can't remarry. So then you have all these women walking through Sparta that have all this power and all this property, right? So, um, dude, it's 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 pretty interesting history. It's pre- it's some pretty interesting history how how it actually worked out. But um, that's kind of what did the Spartans in was that their force was they didn't really move on with the times. It was that they wanted to maintain this warrior culture. Mm-hmm. But they didn't really adapt to the way like the Romans did for thousands and thousands of years where they had these reforms in their military where the Spartans just saw this phalanx. And then they just kind of like the Romans just kind of like came by and they're like, what the fuck are all these? What are you doing? Well, yeah, they're like they come by and then they, I, just, they I just understand it works. Like, but yeah, Sparta, Sparta didn't Sparta like it burned, but it, it kind of like came back. But then it just died out. Yeah, just like it. Not like they weren't. They weren't completely eradicated. They no. just kind of like came back, and then they just like when they, they, they just took like out fell enough off. of them, where like yeah. the, the rest that were left were like, "Yeah, let's still do what our, our traditions say." And then it like, "All right, let's let's not do it." Yeah, and then it, like as hundreds of years went by, they just kind of like they they got absorbed into the rest of the Greek culture, and right. then the city just pretty much like they just pretty much I don't know if they abandoned it or whatever, or but their culture just kind of just fell apart and they just assimilated into the rest of society and then their rest of their ideals just kind of went away you know and (laughs) dude but back in those days man i mean you you say their ideals went away but again like what what, what we talked about earlier and you know your your modern soldier marine naval person whatever they call themselves like they all you know they they adapt their cup guzzlers well sure love those love my navy guys my navy corpsmen are good good dudes yeah um you know, they adapt the whole, you know, I was, a, I'm a Spartan. I'll, you know, I'll die in battle. You know, I will, I will die for what my cause is, even though I don't know what my cause is. Yeah. But dude, it's like that blind allegiance to something though, you know, and you even draws into question today too, you know, like, like what's this, what's this thing that people have in America where they're like, Oh, thank you for your service and all that kind of stuff. And it's oh, like, man, it's I like, can't stand it. it's like, Especially on Memorial Day, dude. We're coming up on Memorial Day, like yeah, I'm this, this upcoming you know, it's Friday now. So. Yeah, like there's a there's a, I don't know, man. How I draw the line between like what people, you know, like I understand that they're trying to establish a connection and they're just trying to do their right thing, but like throughout history, I think we've always put warriors up on this pedestal kind of type thing. Oh yeah, and then, like in America, it's a it's a it's a weird. Um, it's a community in itself, you it's know, a, for sure. It's a, it, it's a divide. I mean, yeah. you'll, you'll get the people who are like, you know, oh, thank you for your service, regardless of the holiday. I mean, I'm going to put all that aside. You, know, you, see, yeah. you see a soldier or a Marine or any any military individual in uniform or regardless. Even if, you know, if you, even if you just know they're in the military, you say, you know, thank you for your service. I mean, and then there's the people who are, you know, oh, you know, you, you, you know you're a baby killer. Yeah, you, 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 you you're always gonna. Yeah, I just kind of I toss those people to the wayside. I'm like, right. I'm like, right. Hey man, right, you do whatever, you, bro. Man. I'm like, you cool, do you thanks. do. Yeah, you do you, bro. All right, thanks, yeah. man. Thanks, dude. You know, and yeah, those. I, it's like reading fucking comments on YouTube. I just when people say that shit to me, I'm like, all right, man, you cool, man. Thank. <laughs> I walk up to thank you, thank you for your service. Fucking, you know, revert like reciprocate it right back to him. Thank yeah. you for your opinion, you know, or yeah. some fucking shit. Because uh, I've actually, I mean, me being in the military for six years, actually, actually took me five years to figure out the the correct response to that. Mm. And I heard it. I heard somebody say it a couple of drills ago. 
uh, someone said, you know, thank you for your service. And they said, thank you for your support. I'm like, that is fucking genius. Yeah, dude, that's all, that's all I you gotta say. I never knew what dude, to the say. Way, yeah, the way, the way that they're trying to do is that they don't understand. And a large majority, right. like the other, like you could say, like, you know, the other 1% or whatever the fuck people say. The it's that, they, yeah, they don't want to be, dis- I would say that the overwhelming majority of people in America don't want to be disrespectful towards the military mm-hmm. and i don't want to say that it's a blind allegiance i don't no. i don't think it's a blind allegiance i think that lot, like the average person they have a very good that has a very good head on their shoulders you know they they don't know what we do you right. know but from what they see from the media <laughs> whether it's they don't know what we do as in our real jobs well, or they don't know what we do as when our that's cool i push paperwork for a living y- so. you know but i mean does that does that also should we the thing is is that the problem with the military is that it's all based on merit mm-hmm. and it's all so it's all based on image gets back to image right so there's a guy that's like oh hey dude Bover, my ptsd isn't as bad as yours and i'm like dude don't say that to me that's and i well here's the thing i say to him I'm like dude no don't ever don't ever discredit yourself from what you've yeah. seen compared to what i've seen because what we try to do in the military yeah. is we try to measure up to each other and that, that's not based, the way to do it well yeah based based it, every, everything affects people differently like you you could have seen some shit that i've seen yeah. you know, uh, granted i i i for the record i do not have ptsd i've never but see that's that's what i'm saying is, is right. that it comes back to trying to measure or gauge a way to measure something or quantify something right. that is going to impact everybody completely differently you know, like I think that it's the same. I want. I don't want to say it's the same experience, but what people in the military are so indoctrinated to do is they're they're indoctrinated to actually measure that through experience, through what they deem as the rank structure yeah. and the infrastructure go, of you, the the embodied. You are this rank. You've been in this long. Yeah. You are allowed this yeah. x amount of you know yeah. pain and suffering. And so yeah, and so when they actually measure up, when they look at where they fall in the rank structure, where they look at where they fall in the based on merit, they start quantifying what they see in regard to post traumatic stress or their struggles in life, and so they try to start applying these quantified things that are like, all right, maybe this. You, you got to throw out that actual quantified aspect of like when it comes to civilian life because I don't want to say it doesn't matter. Yeah, I know you got to drive. I don't want to drive. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want to say that it, it's it's quantified, but it's just like, dude, we're all on, at at push comes to shove. Getting back to everybody's going to hit the civilian sector some sometime, and we're at, all at and some we're all they will. Yeah, and like you know that's the stigma of like mental health is that people that have post traumatic stress or whatever you can't quantify it. No. You know, and dude, dude, how, how, how do I know someone that's going through cancer treatment? My roommate is a cancer, is a cancer survivor. So right. imagine, imagine like going through that. Hey, you have six weeks left to live. Mm-hmm. That's fucking traumatizing. Man. Absolutely. You know, oh, hey, you had a child. Your child's dead. Fucking miscarriage. Dude, right. everybody has different levels of tra- trauma yeah, and, and no, struggles no, no, that they're no, going to do you know whether it shows so, on the outside yeah. or not so and then, and then, and then so through. imagine me walking up to those two people right those two scenarios oh hey my oh hey you have post-traumatic stress from your child dying well i have fucking cancer fuck you yeah you know what i mean that do, doesn't it doesn't it doesn't, it, it it doesn't, doesn't equal, doesn't, equal out it, it doesn't, doesn't equal out. it pays it you can't quantify it no you know said so the same it's the same thing in the military oh dude you went to boot camp Oh, you fucking bitch! You you didn't you 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 didn't oh you didn't do this or whatever. Right. Oh oh you did you did fucking twenty years in and you never fucking deployed. Oh fuck you! You know, 
It's getting you know, back. I, it's, I deployed my first the, year, yeah, and, and I so, saw this kind of combat, yeah, and, and so I did this, yeah, and, and so they're fucking poke. And so they're measuring, they're trying to measure something based just on a system that they've become familiar with, that they've right. become indoctrinated in. And so that's why, like, you can't quantify whatever anything is. So that's why the VA, when it comes to people claiming disability, mm-hmm. you can't you can't put someone's case above someone else's. They have to treat every case individual, case by case. At least you know? with, my, with, with my familiarity, that they do. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I yeah. have never been to the VA. Not on wood. I won't go to the VA. Um, but unfortunately, that's what they're doing. Yeah. But I mean, as you, I think, I think as people get older, you know, they they inherit more wisdom, you know, yeah. and they start to realize that. But again, you know, they're gonna anybody that's gonna hit the civilian side, regardless, you know, it's gonna be one of those things but i think that one of the biggest things is that veterans need a, a place to belong mm-hmm. you know and i think that whether it's bushcrafting and being outside and having those people you know and they and, and, and they, you, you, and they you don't need you need your thing that you are comfortable with yeah. doing whether you know anything about it or not whether you're it doesn't matter like if, if you want to go out and try and do something to make yourself feel comfortable do it yeah and you have to be motivated to do it right. you know like what motivates you to do to do to do what you do just just getting outside and doing it yeah just, just having, like ha- having the fact say, hey, I'm gonna go do bushcraft things, is my motivation to say I'm yeah. gonna go do bushcraft things. Yeah, dude, and that's that's like I think that that's yeah, getting out in the woods, getting away from you know, right? Civilization, civilization and it's not, and it's not, part, yeah, it's doing. not, it's not putting yourself like in a sense of denial or like distraction. Right. I think it's just like it's finding like something that you enjoy with a purpose. You mm-hmm. know, like with with photography, right? So yep. I could I could go out and take dick pics of you guys and you know model your hand high quality high HD quality dick pics high quality hd you know 20 by 30 prints you know um of like doing that and that's the beauty of like what i love about photography is that i can basically just embed myself in any anything that anybody wants to do and people hey man like we want you to come climbing with us and take photos all right cool man like it just opens the door for new right. experiences you know and, and that's what i like is I, I like learning new things i like doing things and that's that's the avenue that's approached that. It's the same thing with bushcraft is that you're always looking to learn new things. You know? Right. And I, mm-hmm. I, again, like yeah. I said it before and I'll say it again, like I am not good at what even, I do. Even, even I'm if, just even if trying just, to get out there and learn. I, and even all if, I want to do is learn. But dude, that's the thing. You have to kind of be humble and learn, you know, and I think that staying humble and learning is, it's a good trait to have. Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to get out there and preach like, oh, this is the right way to do something. Yeah. This is the right. Oh, you're doing this wrong. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to sit there and like watch this, some dude on YouTube. Like, oh, this is how I build the shelter. Be well, like, oh, I you, mean, you, well, dude, you it, did that all wrong. You stupid. Like, no, that's yeah. not how you do it. It's it's. Well, dude, it provides if it, it, if it works for you, it works for you. Well, dude, look at it this way in regard to photography. Right? I'm like, oh, man, this guy took this landscape photo at this exact same location and he edited it a certain way. All right, I'm going to go to the same location. I'm going to try to edit this exact same way. Just to know that I did it and be like, all right, man, that's so fulfilling, right? So fulfilling to know that you were able to do it. And you're not trying to like copy that person. You're trying to just emulate that and you can live vicariously, you know, you can find some way to live. But yeah, man. All right, dude. Well, we're at three minutes, three hours and oh, wow. 20 minutes. Three hours and twenty minutes. Sounds you want to? You want to wrap like a good this? sign off time? All right. Do you want to wrap this up? You um, tell Absolutely. people how to follow you on fucking Facebook and shit. Awesome. You know, so or, uh, I, Instagram. I, I don't have a Facebook. Uh, I have an Instagram. It is at six zero three Bushcraft. If you would like to check us out, um, we have a couple of pictures on there. That's, are you looking? What What are your future projects are looking to do? Uh, future projects is I'm actually going to be building a structure either in Raymond or down in Derry where I have some space available to me. Um, I'm going to be doing some overnights. 
uh, a lot of cooking. I, I do like to cook Dude, out in the woods. Fucking love cooking. Co- cooking, out there, cooking in the wilderness. By the way, thank you for that hot cocoa you I gave no me. No problem. There, yeah. Uh, for some reason, cooking in the wilderness is a huge thing on the internet. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, obviously, cooking is cool, but like. When you take a cast iron pan and throw it over a campfire, oh, dude. people go fucking crazy. Dude, I love it. And I, I don't know why. Dude, I bought that jet boil for the first yeah? time. I told this girl that oh, we're going hiking. Dude, I told this girl we're going hiking with. I was like, I was like, bro. She's like, I'm don't a girl. Worry. I was like, bro. Don't worry. Yeah, I, I like, got you. Yeah, I was like, I was like, we're gonna when we get to the summit, we're gonna make s'mores. And she's like, are yeah. you fucking kidding? I'm like, nah, no. S'mores for days. I was like, I was like, no, <laughs> no. Period. Yeah. So <laughs> for uh, real. Instagram at six hundred three bushcraft. Facebook possibly coming soon. YouTube maybe yeah i'll dude, about it dude and i'll be sure to um i'll be sure to kind of i'll post a few things on on where to reach everybody follow me on instagram oculi photo o-c-u-l-i photo and ideas are bulletproof podcast um yeah so dude uh is there anything else you wanted to talk about or I say that's about it all right dude thanks for the uh whiskey dude and um, no problem. Everything. appreciate it man all right all right well thanks guys take care bye